This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee, you have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door.
Hey guys, brand new podcast. <laughs> this is going to be a little touch and go right here because the B man's been drinking. Oh, oh, fun and games for everybody. Wait, don't you find fun in that? Sort of. When I get drunk, what what does that make you feel like? Um, left out. Really? <laughs> no. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. When you get drunk, I love it. I know you love it because I've finally joined your team. Uh, you know what I love more than anything is when you get when you pour a glass of wine and I'm not drinking. I love when you pour a glass of wine and I'm not drinking. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you yawning? No, I'm not yawning. You're definitely you're definitely it's yawning. Ten o'clock at night. My bedtime's ten o'clock. I just got done this podcast tonight. I think you're going to love it. It's a really passionate podcast. It's uh, with a friend of mine. I've known him for 18 years. Um, I won't say his name until the end. We already know who the fuck it is. It's Godfrey. Yeah, um, Godfrey. Say, yeah, isn't it in the yeah? Like, it's in the bio. Ah, oh, gee. But uh, but it was a great podcast. So we had a few cocktails. I had a few cocktails. Then we did a documentary for Shane Moss. It's got a documentary coming out on psychedelics, and I've done psychedelics. I'm embarrassed to say I've done psychedelics. Why? Because I don't know. I'm just embarrassed that my girls are here that one day and go, "Oh, that's cool to do. Dad did it." You know. Do you think they're ever really going to listen to your podcast? <laughs> no, not my podcast. They're definitely listening to my podcast. You think so? Will they listen to Shane Moss's documentary? Maybe not. Maybe I don't not. know. Maybe I don't not. know. Maybe not. Well, they will. Uh, my, in saying that is in this intro you were saying. What's crazy is one day they're going to sit in their dorm room and someone's going to go, we should order Blue Apron. And my daughters are going to go, we, we grew up on Blue Blue Apron. They have Blue Apron for dorm rooms now? Dorm rooms? That's like microwave toaster oven, microwave toaster oven. Blue Apron, listen to us. When the guy pulled up today, we were in the front yard waiting for Godfrey to show up to do the podcast. And the guy pulls up in his van. The girls knew it was Blue Apron. And they were like, we got a new Blue Apron? And they lit up. What was our Blue Apron tonight? I was doing a podcast, obviously. So I didn't get to eat dinner with the girls. But it was a mushroom Swiss burger on challah. Challah bun. And it Seriously? was awesome. I'm telling you right now, and look, this is an advertisement, so you're hearing an advertisement. But the truth is, our family loves these. It's actually a very sincere, not even really an advertisement. I would say I talk to our friends about ordering Blue Apron just personally but or, or having that service delivered regularly because it has really changed our mealtime. It has made mealtimes more interesting and fun for everybody. It makes it easier for me. There's two meals a week I don't have to think about. I just open the fridge. Everything is prepackaged and pre-portioned. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, it's a the best part. The best part is that like my favorite part of the night is going, hey, what are we doing for dinner? And Leanne goes, we got a blue apron. I love it. I love it. It's really fun. And, it, and in a weird way, it's made the girls feel more adventurous with their eating. Eating, They're like, both of them are like, like they've, they've, they've not liked things. The, um, we did a, a kale, a sour cream. Oh, was, was that it? It was, yes, it was, I loved it. I loved it. It, it was, a, was it a Moroccan dish? Uh, it no. It might've been. I don't know. It was a kale, sour cream. It was, no, 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 no. It was not kale. It was, uh. Collards. Collard greens and yes, sour cream. It was, and it was collard so greens. fucking oh good. Oh my God, it was so good. And the girls were like, 
It's not my favorite. What a stretch for my palate, but we loved it. It was oh. so good. It's been really fun. It has been really fun. And Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, oh. fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. As a result, the seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. That's all meant so that uh, I guess you feel good about it. What, 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 oh, I'll of tell you. Of course you feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, but, but what, it, what it means to me when I buy this stuff is that, or you know, we get our two meals a, a week, is uh, I feel good about what we order. Like, I don't feel like it's super hormoned out. I don't feel like it's been caught in nets. I'm sure it's caught in nets, but like, you know, you just like, you feel like you're fucking eating right. Like you're not eating a bunch of negative energy. No, that's true. It, it's, it's all very nice. It's very nicely packaged and it is very good quality. What meals are coming up? Meals coming up. Spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza. <sighs> that's the one we want. What were the ones we missed? Do you remember? Um, Parmesan crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. Is that coming up or do we miss that? That's coming up. Okay. Baby broccoli and fontina paninis with hard boiled egg and a <sighs> salad. Sweet and sour salmon with bok choy carrot and ginger fried rice. Dude, let me tell you something. Blue Apron, you've introduced, introduced me to bok choy in a way I've never been introduced bok choy. <laughs> but I put bok, bok choy has been in everything we've made. You're bok choyed. I'm a bok choy motherfucker. You are so bok choyed. I really do. Listen, from the bottom of my heart, I love this product. We are hardcore ride or die motherfuckers when it comes to Blue Apron. It really has changed the way we eat dinner. I hope that it enjoy it, that you can enjoy it in the way we enjoy it. You know, one thing I will say, I was thinking about this the other day. I grew up in a really small town, 1,800 yeah. people. Yeah. There was no Chinese food. There was no Mexican food. There was no ethnic food of any type, kind, flavor, nothing. You ate meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. So I didn't have the opportunity to try a lot of different flavors. Not even so much about the food, but about the flavors of the food. You know, spices like some curries and stuff. I never even knew existed until I was well into my 20s. So the cool thing about Blue Apron for people who live maybe a little farther out from the cities is that you have an opportunity to try different types of food you would never try because it's not in your community or not close enough to your community to matter. That sounds like a new bullet point for Blue Apron. But, I mean, it is true because none of these flavors are crazy. They're just different. And, by the way, none of these flavors are places where you got to go and – we're doing the longest read for Blue Apron. Is it too long? Okay. No, it's not too long, but it's, it's the truth is we are a Blue Apron family. We're totally hardcore. I mean, really, it's not even just about the advertisement. I really, really, really love this service. Sadly, in seven weeks when these Blue Apron reads end, we will still order Blue Apron. Oh, yeah. We're not stopping. And they no. know that. And they, they it's like a hook, bait and switch. I don't think it's seven weeks, though, dude. It's, you, it's throughout this year. Stop calling me this dude. Thing. Why? I don't like that Aren't you dude. kind of the dude? Aren't you looking for no. your rug? No. No? <laughs> okay. Blue Apron is affordable, has a great variety, it's flexible, it's easy, and the it's freshness- under 10 bucks a person. That's the fucking thing you need to know. And the freshness is guaranteed, which is awesome. So check out this week's menu and get your first three- Hold on. What? Give me this. I want to read this. Well, Okay. 
Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. With free shipping, go to blueapron.com slash BurtCast. By the way, I misspelled that in a treatment I sent in to my agents today. I spelled it B-U-R-T. It's B-E-R-T. Oh, my God. Like, Dyslexia. They, they, who fucking wrote this? BurtCast. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. BurtCast. Go to blueapron.com slash BurtCast. BurtCast. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash BirdCast. You will love how it feels, how it tastes, and you will love to create incredible home-cooked meals at home with Blue Apron. Don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash BirdCast. Blue Apron. We dig it. It's a better way to cook. I love you with all my heart. This podcast is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Let me tell you something about Stamps.com. They're someone we've been using our entire career. For six and a half years. My wife speaks better about this than I do because I don't deal with a lot of the shipping stuff. But I remember one time hearing... <laughs> hey, wait. That, when was the last time you mailed something? You personally. 1984? <laughs> really? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. It's when was the last time you mailed something? I mean, it's been a, probably a, a, a while. It's been a while. Know. Do you know where a stamp goes on an envelope? On the top right, right-hand corner. Oh, good, good guess. Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, we've been using stamps.com for six and a half years for Bert's business. I don't go to the post office anymore because I don't need to. By the way, there's a post office... A block away from us. Just about a block. But I print our stamps out on, uh, from stamps.com using their net stamps uh, stickers. I print out all my shipping labels. And uh, they uh, stamps.com can provide you with a scale if you would need one. And it's just an amazing, amazing service. And by the way, it's not just for businesses. I think that's what a lot of people think is that they go, oh, I don't have a small business. It's it's for everyone. And it's not just for letters. You can you this is for postage. So if you're shipping internationally, international postage. If you're shipping a box to your dad in Georgia, guess what? You can print the postage on stamps.com. On stamps.com. On stamps.com. On stamps.com. We are big fans of this also because yeah. uh, it makes life so easy and convenient. And kind of brain-free, especially with the scale. All you have to do is put your package on there, and it'll do the rest for you That's the thing that blew me away is that you didn't have to go and like start weighing shit at the post office. Nothing against the post office. I love being <laughs> at the post office. No, but you, know, you used to weigh yourself, and that was a nightmare. And then you'd weigh yourself with the package and go, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. And then go in and type in the weight. <laughs> you did not do that. I did, of course. Are you serious? How you weigh stuff because when you put it on the scale it doesn't weigh it oh you meant you'd weigh yourself at home yes <laughs> you weigh yourself at home and then you pick the you package up and weigh yourself idiot. with the package and now you know how much the package weighs because you can do math but you don't have to do any math with stamps.com you just the put it thing on the scale. i love about our advertisements is there shit we use stamps.com my wife and my sister use every single week and they are fucking Ride or die, bitches. They believe in this shit. A hundred percent. It's hard to advertise something you don't believe in, right? I would think well, it would we'll be. we'll see in the upcoming weeks. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But I would think it would be because this is really an invaluable 
piece of our business, and I find it invaluable in my just day-to-day life. So, right now, use Bert's name. Give me the oh God! Copy. You just so want to be the they center the of attention. Oh, to whatever! Read it. I'm so famous. Give me a second. Oh, it's out of her hands. Right now, use my name, Bert B E E R T. How do you spell that again? B E R T for this special offer: a four-week trial, including postage. And a g- digital scale. Why did you get a digital scale? Yes. Oh, okay. Don't wait. Go to Sam's.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio right there. Top microphone. la da Let's start that read over. Let's do that. Don't wait. Go to Sam's.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Bert. B-E-R-T. Do I sound drunk? Yeah. Uh, you sound like you need to articulate more. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Bert. That's stamps.com. Enter Bert. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Is that better? Yeah, that's a little bit better. Let's do the read totally from top to bottom. One more time. So the whole thing? Sober. Well not not the whole thing, but like I was sober. I'll do it. I'll do it sober. Can you just switch from sober to not sober and from not sober to sober? That's how we got married. No, that's right now I'm... use my name Bert to the fucking <laughs> I think I think how we got married was called a bait and switch. Right now use my name Bert for this special offer. A four week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before doing anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Bert. That's stamps.com. Enter Bert. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. again. I love you. I love you too. I love you so much. I know you do. I love you more than Tom loves Christina. Oh, I thought you meant more than you love Tom. Oof. Almost. That's a type. Today's podcast is brought to you by those people. Thank you very much for your sponsorship. I'm glad you guys listened to this. I'm glad you guys. Uh, I'm glad you guys listen at all. Uh, today's podcast is awesome. I've known this guy for 18 years. He is one of my favorite people. He really is. I say that all the time. I think I just have a lot of favorite people. Uh, my wife Leanne is still sitting here with me. She met him. Yes, he was great. Yeah, he's fantastic. He brought his girlfriend with him. She sat outside, then she rolled in halfway through the podcast. We started talking about Bernie Mac. Leanne rolled in. It's a great fucking podcast. If you're into podcasts and you dig the shit I dig in podcasts, you're going to love this podcast. Uh, just to give you a background story, Godfrey is my guest today. He is a New York comic. He was the 7-Up guy for a couple years. He's been an actor in a million things. You saw him in Soul Plane. You saw him in so much stuff. He is really insightful. He's really smart. Both his parents, we talk about this a little bit, are uh, are Nigerian immigrants. I think that's a political, politically correct thing to say, Yes, right? it is, yes. Um, they were, his dad was a professor at University of Chicago, I think, ultimately, and his mom was a nurse. Very intellectual dude. Started in the comedy scene 
took under the wing by Bernie Mac. We talk about that. Got into a beef with Dave Chappelle. We talk about that. Uh, it's a great podcast. You're going to love it. It's a couple hours long. Now with this read, it's a couple hours long with 15 minutes. I love you with all my heart. Today's podcast is Godfrey Danshima. This is oh, Hey. Hey, right. what's up? I think our, Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Hello. Talking yours? Hello. Oh, yeah. Yours is way hot. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chad's great. I just worked with him in... Uh, yeah. In Nebraska? Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. That, and they were like... Because, you know, I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska. I didn't know that. I was born in Lincoln. Wait, I did know that. Uh, I was born in Nebraska. My father went to school there. Now it's called Midwestern University, but it was uh, it was Dana College. What's so funny is I was so I, I was so narcissistic as a young comic that I that I never really like you know it's like you you know people and you hear their story and part of you is like yeah 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 how does that apply to me how does that help me like not not in this but I'm just being real. You, I ho- oh you get to be real on this podcast. Yeah, this is sadly too real. <laughs> I've been so real on this podcast. Yeah, I've said things on this podcast, and the, 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 and I I think the due to this and and Rogan and the dialogue I've had with um with the fans is so fucking bizarrely oddly, um, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's just it's just very vulnerable. It's like I don't like sometimes people go just tell just tell a story about Isla, the little kid you met out there. Cause she's so fucking weird, you know. She's so, like the, the, the youngest, the youngest one, not the blonde. Strange? Oh, dude, that's your daughter. Yeah, she. I weird. just. Yeah, I was. I was reading her Mitch Hedberg jokes the other day, and she was fucking howling, laughing as she got them. And I was like, oh, "You're she, ten. You're not. She's she's, she's, she's a genius. She's well, smart, she's you know? a, she's not smart. I wouldn't say smart. Oh, she's not smart. <laughs> Are we on right now? Yeah, we're on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's so funny, and I think the more I've grown, yeah. Uh, and gotten older and seen the world because right. I didn't. See, you know, when I met you, I'd just been to Tallahassee, Tampa, yeah, and New York, Florida State University, yeah. party animal of the year, or some shit in Rolling Stone. Right? You got yeah. I remember you. Would I pour remember beers you, on your fucking head. And do you remember that 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 uh, that little plant? There was a little like planter right outside the bag. It like a uh, little like yeah. iron planter. Yeah. Oh, with a tree. Yep. And I remember you were like standing up and down, like standing up on it and then coming down. Yeah. I remember you gave me a speech. You're like. Figure out who the fuck you are, and you're like, you, I said that? yeah, you were like, you were like, you're like, you're funny, but you just are all over the place. And I was, I was all over the place. I was trying to do like set up punch, right? But my real natural angle was like, what well, you, Bobby Kelly, right? Like that kind of real conversational. What, yeah. what we now know to be now we're conversational guys, but but also when I said that to you, I don't even remember. It's amazing how people remember shit. I. You know, I had to do the same thing. Yeah. Because, you know, I remember when we would all audition for Montreal and it was I didn't get in right away. It was tough. You know, I never I never passed one of those auditions. Re- I, and I remember um, they would say, well, he's funny, but we don't. What is his angle? Whatever. And you know, all that shit makes you mad. You go, well, you yeah. brought that bum in. That bum is in. Fucking what's your angle? Cool. What's your angle? And then I got in, got in, got in. Because I had been invited to Montreal. I did New Faces with Mitch Hedberg. That's ironic. It did was, you really? It was me and Mitch Hedberg were the last guys on the show, and it was a fucking horrible show. And I got up. <laughs> I was the second to last. I got up. Mitch Hedberg introduces himself to me. He goes, hey, man, what's your name? I said, 
Oh, God for me. He said, my name's Mitch Hedberg. You know how he talked? Yeah. I was like, what's up, man? He's like, he's like, we're the last two dudes. And people were coming back because it was at this this place called the Comedy Nest in Montreal. Oh, yeah, the Comedy the Nest, New yeah. Faces was the worst so- showcase because it was all industry. Nobody really laughed. And some of us were seasoned and a lot of us weren't. I wasn't really seasoned. I was coming from Chicago yeah. three, four years in. So um, people were coming backstage like they were coming from a war. Everyone was like, the crowd is tough, man. They're not giving it up, bro. Yeah. So I get up there and I have a decent set. I'm used to murdering, but I had a decent set. I was okay. Now, what year is this? This is like 97. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's before I that's right before I met you. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I'm green and I'm using personality in my whack-ass jokes or whatever. And I had a decent, I got, a, I got something out of them. And I was like, I'm used to kind of killing, but I got an <laughs> average set. And then Mitch went up and destroyed that bitch. He was yeah. so good. Yeah. Oh, I was like, wow. He was. He put his head down, had his hair over his head. Yeah. And he was like, I know you're wondering, da 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 da, and just killing. I said that was dope. Yeah. And that's what that was the legend of Mitch Hedberg. I got to see that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that's cool. By the way, that uh, that's yeah. so cool that yeah. that you appreciate that. There's so many comics that are so self-centered that they like. I always tell people I came at comedy as a fan first. Yeah, like I didn't come at comedy as like a like I, I'm gonna I'm, I got I got a new angle on this. I came at it like it was just getting in the back of the ball. Yeah, man. I so are you. Do, do you do you want me to tell you a Godfrey story? That you, 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 you I remember. I, <laughs> I remember you sitting in the back. Yeah, and and um, you were roommates with Mike Epps. Damn right in Queens, New York, Long yep. Island City. And Dave Chappelle came in, and you and Epps were in the back, and you guys were calling out jokes you wanted him to tell. That's right. You were like, Aquaman. Aquaman! <laughs> you remember? <laughs> it's so good. We were we were calling out different jokes. Do this joke. Do that joke. And Chappelle would be like, ah, what do you think about that one? And I'm like, that's cool. Uh, keep going with that. Yeah. yeah. We, man, here's funny. Here's what's funny. You know, me and Chappelle f- fell out at one time. Uh, okay. Remember so that? Let's, yeah. Okay. So so what happened, for those of you who don't know, is someone broke into Chappelle's car. Someone broke into Chappelle's car. And I remember I, uh, Chappelle was at the in the cellar at the bar. And I come up to Chappelle. I said, what's up, man? He goes, nothing, man. He goes, man, someone broke into my car, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, what? It, okay. What, what the fuck? Really? He goes, I think it was you. You. Motherfucker, you did it. I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I thought he was joking with me. I was yeah. like, you broke into my car. You and Artie Fuqua broke into my car. And I sat there and I said, the fuck are you talking about? Like, I, I laughed. I was like, why would I break? I mean, you should know me by now. I was raised by a fucking a great parents. I don't steal people's shit. You were raised by intellectuals. Damn right. And he was too. And he yeah. blames me. You guys are so similar in so many ways. And that's one of the things that as we start this podcast, I, I say to you, I, I wish I had listened. I would hear you talk about your parents. Your parents were Nigerian. Yeah, they were came Nigerian. Over to, and started teaching. My up- father studied to be a teacher in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. Went to Dana University, Dana College. And then we moved to Chicago. That's why I was raised in Chicago. I was yeah. born there. My sister was born in Nigeria. My mother became a nurse in Chicago. An amazing nurse because she trained some of my friends, which was very weird to be nurses. And uh, yeah, I went to I went to, you know went to Catholic school, twelve years. Went to Catholic school, went to University of Illinois, psych major, got a degree in psychology. Another Same. sidebar to you is you and Rogan have 
similar backgrounds in martial arts. You were into Hapkido. Yeah, I did Hapkido for like 10 years. Like Joe, which he's made an amazing career out of, he's like a UFC guy. He was a competitor. Yeah. I just studied martial arts in New York because I thought, you know, just in case someone attacks me. But martial arts, any guy usually wants to learn karate yeah. from growing up from watching Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal. I didn't, I, realize, I didn't realize how big that was in black culture until I hung out with Patrice. See – Patrice was obsessed. Let with me Bruce tell you about. I have a I have a brand new kung fu bit right now, and I explain it because I connected to a Donald Trump bit about how he's going to deal with China. Because I'm trying to learn Mandarin. I want to learn it. It's hard, but I want to learn it. But I say a lot of my a lot of my Chinese is fake because it comes from kung fu movies, you know. And <laughs> yeah. it's it because kung fu is usually spoken in Cantonese. It's usually Cantonese is what you're hearing. Really? Yeah. When they're like, Sound like I know something, right? Yeah. I didn't say shit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. <laughs> In a parallel universe, there's two Chinese guys doing a podcast going, Homa, haka, haya, That's black guy, right? <laughs> right. Most black men, and I say it in this joke, it's a brand new joke. Most black men know about kung fu movies. We're very, very well informed. We're very knowledgeable about kung fu movies. You know about the Shaw Brothers? Yeah. There's the Shaw Brothers. There's Raymond Chow, who created Golden Harvest with um, Sammo Hong. If you know who Sammo Hong is, he's in the first scene of Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee when they're fighting in those, those, those boxing gloves and those underwear. Yeah. That's Sammo Hong. Sammo Hong is a major producer of a lot of these movies. He's a heavyset Asian guy. He's always been heavyset, you know? Yeah. And from Bruce Lee to Sonny Chiba, Street Fighter from the 60s, Sonny Chiba. Then you have... Five Deadly Venoms, Kid with the Golden Arm, Flying Guillotine. You have Iron Monkey, Drunken Master 1 and 2. You have Shaolin versus Lama. You have Master Killer with Gordon Liu. I can keep going. Yeah. You're, you're, and so for some reason in, in my neighborhood, where I grew up in Chicago on the north side, shout out to the Cubs because I grew up around Wrigley Field. Um, I grew up around a mixture of kids, right? Mainly immigrants like African, Russian, Polish, Korean, Cambodian, really? Vietnamese. Oh, yeah. My, my neighbors were Cambodian. Cambodian. It was all it, it's an area in Chicago called Uptown. It's the most integrated area in Chicago because Chicago is the most segregated city in the country. I knew that Martin Luther King. There's a there's uh, a footage of Martin Luther King saying uh, Chicago's fucked up and I'm from Alabama. <laughs> Because he was like, I've never been to a place that had more hatred in my life. And motherfucker, I'm from Alabama. <laughs> uh, Martin Luther King got hit with a brick in Chicago. Are you serious? Yeah. You know, in Alabama, they spit on him. They hit him with a brick in Chicago. <laughs> you feel me? So I, w- I grew up around every everything yeah. in Chicago. Everything. So, But we were into kung fu movies. The black dudes were – because my mother used to let us go to – me and my brother, we would go downtown, State and Lake. And we would go to the all Chinese kung fu theater. It was a, a kung fu. It was a theater with just kung fu movies for three dollars. You could watch as many as you wanted. But older brother, my younger brother Daniel. Younger, are you the oldest? My sister Juliana. She's, She's in Texas. Nurse, three kids, husband. He's whack. But anyway, I didn't mean to throw that in there. But yeah, so we would watch kung fu movies. So we always knew kung fu movies. For some reason, black dudes, the black. It was like that's why Wu Tang Clan was formed. You yeah. notice Wu-Tang? Wu-Tang yeah. is the greatest rap group in history. Uh, yeah. Till this day, people wear Wu-Tang shit. They want Wu-Tang gear. It's the, it's the most brilliant concept. You take hip-hop and fucking kung fu. And you think about the Wu-Tang Clan. 
You think about Old Dirty Bastard was like a drunken style. Yeah. Right? Raekwon was like more of a fucking a hefty style. You had yeah. um 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 Method Man was more like a samurai because his shit was so slick and so fucking precise. Yeah. Right? You had Rizza who had his style. So it was like Kung Fu style. Ghostface Killer was a different style of hip hop, but they matched it with martial arts. That was the that's the most brilliant shit, I think, in music to me. Was the, the Wu Tang clan. Uh Ghostface did the Cuban links. Ghostface and Raekwon. Raekwon. They were together the with Cuban, Cuban links. links. Fuck yeah, they're one yeah. of the greatest duos ever, man. Man, I, you know, I got introduced to that. I used to drive, um, I used to drive uh, girls across campus or walk them mostly. Oh, yeah. Unless they requested a car. And if they requested a car, yeah. they're always black. And they were so always black girls? Only black girls requested cars. You would just walk black girls? No, I walk white girls. Black girls, black chicks wanted a ride. They always wanted oh, a they ride. Wanted, oh, they, they didn't want someone to walk. They weren't scared. They, they wanted scared. a car. They, they wanted yeah, a car. Yeah, they're not scared. White women are yeah. scared. White women wanted an escort. They want an escort. The black it, chicks were like, it would every fucking time, they'd be like, uh, we got a call at the, the, uh, Sally Hall, uh, 111. That was my po- number. It's Florida State? Yeah, Florida State. And I go, sure thing. They go, they've requested the car. So I'd pick up the car. I'd drive over and they go, I, <laughs> Brent Bracken would go every time, would go, uh, they say there's only one of them, but they requested the car. So I'd imagine there'll be eight. Right. And we pull up, and it'll be one black chick waiting. Waiting and to get a ride. See me, she goes, he's here! And eight black chicks will pile into the car. Oh, that's how they... Yeah. And, oh. so then, and then they'd go, drive us to FAMU. Because I always wanted to go to a FAMU party. FAMU is the shit. That's yeah. the black university. We weren't allowed to go, but I, I don't know, man. I don't, I've, always had a, I've always had a thing for black chicks, meaning like... <laughs> I don't it just I've always just a white really, man that always secretly had a thing for black chicks. Oh, that's new. <laughs> you love black I, girls. I love. I've always. Well, I they're amazing. In like, a, in like a in like a real sistery like conversational <laughs> way. Like like never dated a black chick, but right. just loved. I don't know. They're just real. You my, know wife, what it, my wife's like a black chick. I always say the joke <laughs> I used to make is she has you, a big want, ass? you want to feel better, ask a white chick. If you want the truth, ask a black chick. That's right. And It's these, like Hollywood. These girls sat in, back, <laughs> sat in the back one time. They were all from uh, New York. That's yeah. how Florida State worked. If you were uh, African-American and lived in Florida, right. you could go to FAMU and cheap. But if you were out of state, you could get funding at Florida State. Oh, wow. And so you could go to Florida State, go to good education, same, Dope. same. And these girls one time I was driving to FAMU. Yeah. And they were like, uh, they were like, what are you listening to? When I was from the South, we always listened right. to booty music. That was our hip hop. Right. That and Outcast. And they were like, you should check out Method Man. Whew. And I was in the car. I was probably, I was probably 20, 21, 20 mm. years old. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay. And I was, I was bought Wu-Tang Clan, bought Method Man. Man. And I did not get Method Man. Of course. Until me and my buddy Mike Osborne got high. And, uh, and you got and him? He just started going the... You remember yeah. we had, I'm in the plane, the plane, hardcore from the brain. Yeah. That's the most amazing breathing technique. It's sick. And it and I we got into it. We started going back and forth, rapping Method Man lyrics. The way yeah. you would like a Dave Attell album. You know how like yeah. Attell's first album, Scans with Memories? Yeah. That became like vernacular with you and your friends. Right. Or Ch- Chappelle when Chappelle would make a joke and you'd go like he'd be like uh Pimps can always be like, bitch, go down and stop my car. And, and m- me and my friends would do that. Bitch, go down and stop my car. But, uh, but, and I fell in love with Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. I, but, yeah. But let's die. Let's go back to the right. you and Chappelle beef because I do remember that going down. Right. Not to d- get off of, I want to talk me, about your family. I want to talk no, about no, Chicago. No. Me, I want to talk about how you came in to do a stand up the way you do it. But I remember that distinctly. That shit, okay. And so I went. Because so, Patrice was around at the time. Patrice was around. Keith Robinson, Wanda Sykes Hall yeah. was around. Remember when Wanda Sykes was married? 
Yes. She was, she to was the HBO executive. Yeah. Hit, yeah. Yeah. And so I and so I, I go, yeah, you, you fuckers broke into my car and you better stay the fuck away from me. So I so he goes downstairs. I, I come outside like, what the fuck is going on? And so Artie, Fuqua, I see Artie, because you know I hung out with the Artie. The sweetest guy in the in world. The world. And I hung, out with him. I hung out with him every day for 10 fucking years. You and Artie, Artie. were like brothers, well, the, like why, legit brothers. But why do you think Louie put us on his first season, me and him? Yeah. First season, it's me and Artie taking um, Louie to the fucking club. Yeah. Because me and he, Louie, Louie's, ve- Louie's very observant about comics. He knew we were the guys that went out. Got a lot of girls, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Went to the clubs, knew everybody. So I tell Artie, I say, Artie, guess what? He goes, what? You know, Chappelle, someone broke into his car and he's, he blamed both of us. He said it was both of us, man. He said we blame. He goes, what? So Artie, don't, people don't understand. Artie has a fucking temper. He yeah. has, man, if you've never seen it, I've seen Artie talk shit to cops, man. Literally, there was a cop that said, let me see your ID. Artie's like, you ain't getting shit. He's like, I don't need to give you my ID. I haven't done shit, so you can fucking leave me alone because I ain't giving you shit. I was like, Artie's a bad motherfucker, dude. So I tell Artie. Artie goes, where is he? And so I guess Chappelle was over at the Boston Comedy Club. He went downstairs, but he was at the Boston. So Artie walks up. You know, Artie walks real fast. Artie goes. Artie walks real fast and just fucking bounces. Artie goes, yo, Dave, what's up, man? What's, What's up? So Keith Robinson, Wanda Sykes, outside of the Boston. Chappelle's like, yo. You guys broke into my shit. Da, 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 da. You better watch your back. And Artie said, listen, man, let me tell you something. I don't think you know who the fuck you're dealing with. He said, yo, I don't give a fuck, man. You, I'm, I'm from Jersey City, my man. I said, I got the craziest motherfucking. I got dudes all around this goddamn, this area, man. You need to watch your fucking back. I don't care about your movies and all that shit. Don't fucking insult me like that. Because, you know, Artie's from a middle class family. Yeah. You know, his parents have businesses and shit like that. So Artie's always been pretty well off. And Artie just like checked him on that and said, "I don't give a fuck." Or man. Dave's been from a middle class. No, Artie. Fuqua. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But we all are from like blue collar families, you know. No, no but, real. I mean, there's there were a couple thugs in comedy when we were around. Yeah, a couple of them. But Artie, Artie, they, they shook out. Mike, Mike. I always wondered if Mike Epps was really a thug. Mark, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Mike, two dudes I party with that I remember I love to Mike. this day. One is Tracy Morgan, who says he's never met me, never met that. And, and I was like, I'm like, oh, whatever. Man, we were me all and, around each me other. And Tony, me and Tony have that story from that Tracy Morgan story. That's yeah. our story. I don't give a fuck. He can say whatever he wants. Yeah. Well, I get it. We were but, all around each dude, other. Mike People Epps, are just trying to add that fake ass, um, ins, uh, what is that, um, amnesia bullshit. But we all were around each other. Mike Epps, Mike Epps used to come to my apartment once a fucking week to party. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I roomed with him. Okay, and we and we were blowing a lot of party balloons. Okay, <laughs> Mike Mike has always been Mike. You know he's Mike, cool. I Mike, fucking Mike love is that great. Guy. Mike's from Indianapolis. I'm from Chicago. Yeah, Mike is really like he has that thug thing about him. Of course, he's a wonderful actor now. The guy, but he Very has to, He still has that street shit to him. He taught me a lot of street shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna front. I got to say this one time. Uh, one of our blinds, because I lived in a fucked up apartment. It, when Long Island City was affordable, yeah, I lived on Crescent Street between 37th and 36th Avenue in a shitty ass apartment. Our shit was crooked. The apartment was crooked. <laughs> our refrigerator door would open up like for no reason, and Mike would kick it because he was all pop, 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 pop. Yeah. He would kick it in his long john underwear. And this motherfucker, one time, our blinds, 
you know, like fell down. Yeah. And Mike was like, man, fuck, man. So I said, man, I got to fix it. He goes, man, I can fix it. And he fixed it in a, in a weird ghetto ass way. He goes, man, you got to nigger rig it, man. You got to nigger rig that shit. Nigger rig that shit. I was like, I even felt white. I was like, oh, my God, where'd you get that phrase from? You never heard that? No. You, got, ah! you, you heard it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you heard it. And I, I, have, I have a joke. I, can, <laughs> I have a joke I can only tell in Tampa. Because Tampa, the N-word right. was thrown around a, a lot, lot growing up. Right. Got there was you. a joke I got into. This is a true story. I got yeah. into the elevator <laughs> in in L.A. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm far removed from Florida. Yeah, and I'm with my daughters, and yeah. our our maintenance man is black. His name's Antonio. Yeah, and he wrote a note on our elevator door, mm-hmm. and I start to read it, but I'm hungover. But as I'm yeah. reading it, he walks in. Antonio on on Monday nights. My wife worked at the building too, so they worked okay. together. Okay. So on Monday nights, he knew my wife had to work till seven. Right. Monday night football started at five. He'd come by and hang out. We start watching the game right. together. So I knew this guy. Yeah. So he opens the door, opens, and he comes and he sees me reading it. I, I'm doing his voice. It's going to sound horrible. He's like, "Oh shit! Just so you know, some kids in the neighborhood they've been getting a little ding dong and ditch." I go, "What's that?" What? He goes in and he points to the note. That's right. what the note he wrote is. Oh, that's just some, so, so, you know, some kids in the neighborhood, they has been getting a little ding-dong and ditch, so as you know. Ding-dong and ditch? I go, what the fuck is that? Damn. He goes, you never did ding-dong and ditch when you was a kid? I go, I don't think I did. Like fucking He goes, well, you go up and knock on a motherfucker's door and then bail out and then he'd come out and you'd all laugh? I go, oh, I did oh, that. We did that? Yeah, and he goes, what did you call it? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> it was called, when we were kids, it was called N-word knocking. Nigga knocking? That was what they called it. Get the it. fuck They'd out knock of on here. the door and bail out. That's Nigga what, knocking? Dude, when you, because well, is that what black kids did? That, no. <laughs> it's just anything that anything that was bad, the N-word got thrown in front of That's it. That's hysterical. So so just so you know, the, the kid the, uh-huh. originally, yeah. it was called jerry-rigging. It was called jerry-rigging. Jerry-rigging, right. Because so, when the U.S. soldiers got to Germany, they called the Germans jerrys. Right. And all their shit was broken down. They were trying to fix it barely. So they called it German-rigging, jerry-rigging. Okay. That's oh, how it got shit. that term. And then, so I said to Antonio, oddly enough, we get out of the elevator, and, I, and, he, and he jokes around. He goes, fuck you. I know what you called it. Because he had told my wife what it was called. Yeah. And my wife said to him, oh, my God, going up in the South, you know what we called that? And told him. So when he saw it, he knew what I called it. I said, you never heard that term? And he goes, I never heard that term. He goes, I go, what did you call it when your car broke down and you fixed it with a piece, piece of tape? And he was like, shit, I called it fixing the motherfucker. I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, th- that was so funny. Yeah, when he told me that, I had never heard that. Because I'm and living in Chicago. I'm around southern black folks. We got Mississippi, Kentucky. Yeah. You know, like, we've, I'm fixing to go here. Yeah. I ain't, I'm finna, you know, you know, that's yeah. the southern shit. So I, that was the one Phrase I have never heard. Really? Like, like the word steal on somebody. Yo, that motherfucker got stole on. That means I, I hit you while you wasn't looking. Really? If I, if I steal on you, like when you threat somebody, you be yeah. like, yo, when I steal on you, what the fuck you going to do? And you be like, what do you mean steal on you? Bam, hit you when you don't know it. Uh, That's like stealing a, stealing a hit. If I, yeah. So there was a lot of Southern shit that I, did, I knew and I didn't know. So wait, so how did the RDU Dave stuff? Okay, well, that, cool well, that, well, Artie threatened him. Boom, boom, boom. I think and I heard Dave say something really good about you on media. How long ago? I don't know. Recently. Oh, really? Say, yeah, I want to say he said something. Well, about yeah, because I heard that and I went, "Oh, cool, man." Well, let me like, tell you yeah. something about Dave, man. I respect him big time. Yeah. I was his friend. I'm still. I'm his. Well, we, let me tell you what he did though, which was great. I'm David's friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, 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 I like Dave, but first of all, when I met Dave, you know, I met him with Tony Woods, another 
an underrated guy who, who probably Dave, the most, probably the most, the most underrated guy who Dave learned a lot of his style from. Me too. In DC, yeah, yeah me too. Dave, I, I spent. Tony every- Woods is the cool. If anybody is listening, and I know a lot of people listen to your podcast, please look up Tony Woods. Dave, I've talked about him ad nauseum. Please. Tony Woods. Tony Woods came in to the DC Improv yeah. one night. It's, yeah. I'm there. I'll say it sold out for the story, but it was yeah. a Sunday night, so it probably wasn't. Right. But, but, you know, it was packed. Right. My wife's there. Yeah. And he and he stands in the back, and I hear th- that that distinct Tony Woods oh, voice yeah. go, hey, why don't you tell that Tracy Morgan story? <laughs> and I go, is that Tony Woods? That's Tony Woods. Hey, shorty. Yeah. What's hey, up, shorty. Man? And, you know, Tony Woods talks in code. Yeah. I'll be like, if you don't speak Tony Woods... You're fucked. Because he'd be like, hey, remember the she <laughs> Okay, man. Yeah, Tony. What? You, listen, Tony, I just did a little um, documentary. There's a guy doing a documentary for Tony Woods. I was and supposed I, to do that. And I, I, did, I did it at the DC Improv a few weeks ago, and I fucking went off. And he texted me, I appreciate the love you showed me in this. You got to give me his number. I got to reach I, I will. out to him. I said, he's the most underrated underappreciated comedian and we wish we, I said I, I wish I could be as cool as Tony Woods Tony Woods took me overseas I never went overseas until Tony Woods taught me how to perform in front of European audiences Tony Woods taught me I mean I wish I was as cool as him on stage to this day I wish I was cool but I'm a different kind of personality he would go up do you remember he'd go up at the Boston yeah. there would be like 16 people in the room and he yeah. just wouldn't talk for like the first two oh, minutes oh yeah I remember that. No, I I loved watching him in the urban shows where there'll be 10 black dudes who have, you know, how black audience, some black comics are all and everybody's energetic. Yeah. Man, let me go, suck my dick. Good night. Yo, you ever fuck a girl in the ass? Good night. Yo, man, fuck that. I'll smack the bitch and then have the bitch on welfare. Good night. Yes. Yo, man, man, the bitch was sucking my dick too. Good night. And Tony Woods, after all that fucking chaos, after all 10 comics have done each other's joke, yeah. that son of a bitch would come up, take his time, come Hardcore. up on stage, no pressure. And I remember one day I was like, that's when I said, this dude is a fucking com- comedy god. He was like, hi, everybody. My name is Tony Woods. I- I- I'm glad you all enjoyed everybody else, but I'm going to let you all know everybody was, they were jumping all over the place. I may step over here, but that's all about it. I'm going to be right in the motherfucking middle. Yeah. And people were dying. I mean, he was, I said, how the fuck did this dude from all this chaos just kill with the most mellow fucking attitude because you know I I started in urban in 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 Chicago when I Bernie Mac took me under his wing I knew really? Bernie what you didn't know that no man I, I that's one of the questions of I wanted Mac. to ask you is like because I, I I'm, I'm like I'm all over the map of this interview and I know that I know uh, that people dig that. It's a conversation, but even I'm like I'm like I have like nine million. Questions. I, I know, I know. I'm gonna try. That's so, why I, so I, like so. Okay, okay. Let's 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 finish Tony. Okay, put a pin in Bernie, and then we're finish gonna, Tony, and then and we're Dave going. Too. I want to and, and Dave. I'll tell you what he did that was cool. Okay, okay. So so let's go. Let's go. Tony, Dave, and then go to Bernie. Okay, boom. Okay, Tony. So Tony Woods. He, you know, I met Tony Woods in Chicago at this place called All Jokes Aside, which is seven years of all black comedy club, which is owned by black people, open seven days a week. That's why I met Robert Schimmel. Robert Schimmel walked in one day because really? he was in Chicago doing another club. He walked in on a Wednesday. It was amateur night on Wednesday. And he goes, hey, man. And I knew who he was. I go, it's fucking Robert Schimmel. He goes, hey, man, you think you got room for a, a little Jewish boy to go up on stage? 
And you know Robert Schimmel was a fucking dope ass comic. Fucking Robert murderer. went up, packed, all black, destroyed. He goes, you thought you thought a white dude couldn't fucking do this shit? Good night, Robert <laughs> Schimmel, fucking smashed it. And I, that's where I met Tony Woods. Yeah. And Tony, you know, I got when I came to New York finally. Um, I needed a place to stay because my friend faked me out or some shit. And Tony Woods let me stay in his apartment for a week. He didn't even fucking know me that well. Because he had a gig. He said, you can stay in my apartment, man, for a week in Brooklyn, New York. And I never forgot that shit. Because I, yeah. I was out on my ass. And I was doing a, a talent show. You know, talent, the comedian. I was doing yeah. some shit in fucking Queens. Some one of them ghetto-ass shows, you know, where the TV is on. And motherfuckers rolling dice and shit going, boo! nigga fuck you that kind of shit <laughs> and boom tony woods let me stay and from there we became really cool friends when i moved to new york me and tony played basketball every day we hung out and i just said this is one of the coldest motherfuckers on the microphone demeanor wise clothing wise fucking his attitude his voice and he always gave me advice on shit you know what yeah. i'm saying but he's helped out a lot of comedians. I'm going to say this again. He's helped out so many motherfuckers. I would venture to say without Tony Woods, comedy wouldn't be where it is today. No doubt. And yeah. he helped so many people that have gotten in positions where they could have given him a fucking hand. And they didn't. Now, I'm not going to say. I'm going to say this to Tony. Tony's been his own worst enemy, too. He's been his own. <laughs> Tony's been his Tony's worst enemy. A, yeah. Same way I'm my own worst Same enemy. Same as Greer Barnes, who I'm going to say this. Oh, don't even get me fucking started on Greer Barnes. Greer Barnes is my brother. That's my fucking brother. from an, And he is one of the dopest fucking comedians. Dude, let, let's take let's ta- okay, let's let's take two seconds okay. just to tell everyone okay. how great Greer okay, Barnes is. Okay, let me is. tell you about Greer Barnes. Everybody, G-R-E-E-R-B-A-R-N-E-S. Look up fucking Greer Barnes. Not only is he a good guy, he, Great he's guy. so supportive of every comic. And, and I'm going I'm to jump in on this. Okay. Is that from a perspective of my perspective, yeah. I was a young comic. I was working the door. Mm-hmm. These are two dudes yeah. that every yeah. single night that no one's around, that they're going to yeah. have a drink at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I could pony up and pick their brains. And they weren't yes. dicks. They, they just were, listen. Always and listen, listen. And talk and, and tell you their insights. Here's what yes. I like about stand-up. Greer was dating this girl that worked at the Boston. Do you remember that girl with the red hair? Yeah. She he, was so fucking hot. He he dated a, And then he got he married some girl. Yeah, he got pregnant. He got a lot of he got a lot Gre- of he got a lot of little seeds around. Yeah, Greer's Greer. but but Greer going on stage was like Tony. Yeah. He owned a fucking owned audience. Now, you may know him from Last Comic Standing, right? Did he do Last Comic Standing? I think so. Okay. Uh, well. But like his he would go in I, I still say this in the in the the vein of like yeah. just unexpected. Yeah. And just slow and sound and, and he own and his, it. And his accents, his 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 when he does that scuba diving joke, which is one of the greatest jokes I've ever seen in my life. Let me tell you something. That motherfucker has he would do the same act for years, but you never got tired of it. I told because Greer was always afraid of doing new jokes. He literally told me, "I am I am suffocating from insecurity." And I said, "You're one of the." Baddest motherfuckers on the mic. You're like Hardcore. the Rock Kim. If you know hip hop, you're like the Rock Kim of fucking comedy. You're so good and so yeah. talented. And your act, I don't blame you for not wanting to do another joke because you're. I never get tired of his jokes. It's murderous. I, he does. He do horses running down the street, oh, oh, and it sounded like horses dude, he running. Does, down. He does a ping pong match, and it yeah. sounds like ping pong being played. Dude, I, I Batman in the fucking Batmobile with the beatbox shit. <laughs> yeah, he's like. 
he's he's just he's an artist. He's like a Salvador Dali type motherfucker. Like, dude, you takes a paintbrush and just does that next level shit. It really just paints. Like, it really paints a picture. Yeah. I have a joke that I've been working on forever about running out of air at ninety feet in Fiji. Mm. I can't get it out of the gate because right. because number one, I, I had someone tell me that you know the ending already, so that that takes it away. Right. But anytime I started writing the joke, I ended up writing Greer Barnes' joke. You know what I'm saying? It's that good. It's, where it's that good. Like where you Cosby's went, dental joke. Yeah, you go. I can't. That, I that can't, is untouched. If I do, and I, me, and one thing I love about me and Greer, me and Greer were. He's a martial artist, kung fu guy. Yeah, and he was a baseball player for a long time. He I did played, that movie with Kevin Costner, right? I played baseball. I was he was center field. I was a shortstop. But me and Greer is always watching me. When I always think it's a, a compliment when Greer is in the the doorway of the comedy cellar. Shout out to the comedy cellar. Yeah, when he's watching me and going. Every time you're always doing new shit. You're always doing new shit. I go, I'm not afraid. You can't. You have to learn to step out of that. But me and you, me and you had the same, me and you had the same fault, I will say. And I, th- I thought of this before What's we did that? this interview. I think we get very bored very quickly. Yeah. Like I would watch you go up and you would do this murderous fucking 10 minutes on the Matrix and then I'd never see it again. And I was like, wait, why aren't you working on that bit? And you're like, Because huh? I, I put that in the fucking holster. I go, like, there's one yeah. in the round, in, the, in like, the chamber. If we took those bits and f- – like, and this is – I think both of us could uh-huh. – if, if we said, I'm going to focus and spend the next six months on one bit and, and have my act and work on that one bit and get it. Like, but That's the not our personality. Is, it's not. It's not. We but just, we'll, we'll, same we'll, with Bobby Kelly. Bobby no, Kelly's got the same we'll, we'll, we'll we work have. on the bit, but it's in the rotating fucking circle. Uh, yeah, we'll work on the bit because now that I've done my second hour, which is on Showtime, it's called Regular Black on Showtime. When's it there? What? When's it there? I, it aired last year in okay. August, but I consider yeah. it still kind of new. If mine aired in November. I'm still talking it's about still, it. You yeah. have to yeah. because – People have to, you know, people have to get to know, you know, when you're choosing stuff on demand, you have to, it's a buildup. It takes like a Set year. into the DVR, man. Exactly. I shot it in Chicago with Rooftop Comedy. Shout out to Rooftop Comedy Matt, and Audible. Matt Schuler. Matt fucking Schuler. I love Patriots Matt fan. I hate him for that, but okay. Yeah. Matt Schuler. Now, they, I shot it in Chicago. I did footage in front of Wrigley Field what, 2015 when the Cubs almost won. And, they, yeah. and the Mets swept them. I was there. Wrigley Field, boom, 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 boom. And um, after you do – this is what Jim Brewer told me. When uh, you almost, do you, by the way, I'm, I'm, this is the worst I've ever been in an interview because it is – this is what a podcast should be is two what? friends talking. Yeah. But, like, I almost called Brewer tonight. I almost called him right before you came okay. because I was, I'm going through some shit in oh. life. And Brewer's one of those dudes. He's, he's very he's great. very grounded, very spiritual. He's very like Yeah, and I was like – and I'm – Going through some shit, and I, was, I almost called him, and I was like, "Man, I don't know. Am I going to dump all this shit on him right now?" And then go, "Oh shit, Godfrey just showed up. I'll call you back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brewer is good people's man. He's, he's been great. through some stuff, and I've I've toured with him on um, Just for Laughs, and he's really centered and knows what he wants. And I like that he's so like not about the industry. He's about his own shit, and he's he a dad t- first. Yeah, he's dad first, man. And he told me, he goes, "Once you do your first hour." All you think about is that next hour. You just work towards an hour. So my material, I was always I was always trying to go, I want to do a special, but I want to have so much material that when I have to do my next special, I go, oh, yeah. yeah. I got this that but I've already me, worked out. Me and you could benefit. Me, yeah. you, and Bobby could benefit hmm. from a guy like – I've always said this, and, and I mean this as a huge compliment yeah. to everyone involved, yeah. but like a guy like Fitzsimmons. Greg Fitzdog to, 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 to go with us on the road for a weekend yeah. and just work with us like co-headline yeah. and work with us and go 
Yeah, this is lazy. You can. Oh. You're better than that. Because yeah. that's my problem. Is I'll I'll write stuff that yeah. conversationally I can I can I yeah. can force mm-hmm. the square peg through the hole. Mm-hmm. But like I go and it kills. Yeah. But then I go, what are the bits that I should be focusing on? You know, like I think me I, me and Bobby are the guys that you could put up anywhere in the lineup. Yeah. And we always. It's just like, it's like you know we're. There's a likability, but there's like a fun, there's a and fun. it's like it's like we're not trying to like, we're just having a good fucking time on stage. That's we me. like laughing. Yeah. We like good conversation. I laugh at my jokes sometimes. I think it's funny, dude. I laugh at my jokes still. Yeah, sometimes I go, yeah, this shit's funny. Yeah, I love it. And I love that people are enjoying it, and I laugh at the fact that it's like I know you're gonna laugh at this because the shit's and then, funny. And then you have a job. Tom Skrull and I were talking about this. Yeah, he goes sometimes I'll give because I'll go. I can't believe this is my job. I can't believe this is yeah, my you job. Pinch yourself. You and you're like, yourself. you're like, I can't believe I'm sitting in front of these people telling these jokes. Because, but then you think that shit is, this is, I call this and I was just talking to my girlfriend about it. I said, this um, comedy is the mathematics of the arts. It's some hard shit. Yeah. And, but the only problem is in math, because she's a genius in math, in math, when you're good at it, they, you get rewarded for being a genius. Yeah. In comedy, when you're good at it, you don't always, the people that are good at it and are phenomenal at it don't always get rewarded. Greer Barnes, Tony Woods, I can name Marina Franklin. That's my my homie. She's a, a she's great. She's um. I went to college. We went to Illinois together. Oh really? Fuck yeah. No Marina, twenty years, bro. Really? She's another comedian who gets overlooked. And there's a lot of bum ass bitches that are on the mic that you see posters of all over the fucking whatever city that is, and they're garbage and they can't hold a dime to fucking Marina Franklin. And check out her podcast. Is friends like us guys. Marina Franklin is dope. I got to Marina Franklin YouTube, podcast. Yeah, you need to. YouTube. I'm going out. I'm going out to New York in June. Oh, good. Get and her wanna, on there. I, but I always say I go. I want to get a list of my the guys I love. Yeah. Like, you know, like you know, you know how I haven't talked to him forever, cool. and I'd love to is DC Benny. Get, DC's around. Get that motherfucker. Like, and but I but it's just one of those things where yeah. it's like it starts with me texting. Like it starts with me texting Frosty and going, "Hey, yeah. can you get me DC's number?" Or texting Ben Bailey, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, I just, you, and but you don't get their numbers. You, it's impossible. No, I just, I get, I get distracted very easily. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not get, really we good get distracted at in this conversation. It's because we're comics. All right, all right. We have Here we nine thousand. We have nine thousand thoughts. You ever get yeah. off stage and you go, "Oh, I got like two other jokes I want to tell," but let me finish this one, and then you forget. Yes. you have a brain fart. That's how we are. Do you ever tell a joke and you're like, and then you go, that's <laughs> fucking gold right there. And then you go, yeah. you get into your next joke yeah, and forgot. then you're like, wait, what was the one I just I said? I forgot something. And you don't want to ask the audience because you don't want them to have any power over you. So you go, fuck, what was I supposed to say? Um, this thing about the car. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> now he's going to tell his friends he helped me out. All right. Yeah, Tony okay, Woods. No, Tony Woods. We, we, I think wait, we, did we, I finish the Tony Woods? I said, okay, like I said, real quick, you need to YouTube Tony Woods, support Tony yeah. Woods. Tony Woods, he's one of the greatest comics ever. He was my mentor, and I say no that doubt, one hundred percent, no doubt. Every single fucking night, yeah. Me, my, me and my best friend yes. Tony Hernandez hung out with Tony Woods every single night. So check out Tony Woods and check out Greer Barnes, oh. one of the coolest motherfuckers. And I still try to get him off his ass because I love him to death. That's my boy, and we share we share ideas because we're kind of we can do accents and all that. So we share ideas. So I'll check out Greer Barnes and check out Marina motherfucking Marina Franklin. Franklin uh, yeah, featured for me one night. Yeah. in in New York. Yeah, and uh, and I, I didn't know who she was. Yeah, I mean I knew who she was like from like like I knew her, her name, but yeah. I hadn't seen her work before. Yeah. And it was a light night at Gotham. She's just picking up a spot. She's not not yeah. featuring for the weekend. Mm-hmm. She's doing like a Thursday night one show. Yeah. And uh, 
She fucking murdered. And uh, I literally. Yeah. And I and you ever have that feeling where you're like, okay, I know who you are. Yeah. I know that <laughs> I mean, now that I've seen you, I know that you're really something. Yeah. And I really want to forge a friendship. But she, and she wasn't being a bitch at all. No. She, she was definitely was like, oh, I got other spots. She got to bounce. She's very honest. Good seeing you. Yeah, was, no doubt. Take care. I'll see you around. Yeah. And just left. And I went, fuck, I wanted more time with her. Like, yeah. She would fucking kill. And Marina, I remember the first time she came up to me in Chicago. I mean, in New York, she goes, hey, Godfrey, I'm going to start doing comedy. I said, I'll see you in about 10 years, right? Yeah. She goes, and she, she thought I was being mean. And then she comes back six, seven years later. I start, you know, we, we, I start seeing her. She yeah. goes, you were right. It does take this long. I said, I told you. But I said, but Marina, you're fucking dope, though. She's you're great. so good. She's she put great. her head down, got on stage, and now she's one of the baddest. And I mean, you, you when she goes on stage, you got to kind of work. You got to be like, damn, let me shit, let me stretch out. Marina well, just murdered that's, that that's shit. That's New York. New York's a different. New York is the shit. It's New a York's different a, muscle. It's the greatest. Listen, I moved to New York because of that. I was in L.A. Yeah. I tried. I said, ugh. Went to New York. I well, like L.A. L.A. Now, L.A. I will right. defend L.A. in this one. You sense. can defend it. You're right it, I'm a, about I'm that. De defend that shit. You're right about that up until well, you a could, couple you, years ago. Well, why? Well, you got to get your phoniness on. You got to learn your phoniness here. That's why half you <laughs> motherfuckers are going crazy and hanging yourselves because it's shiny. It's sun. The sun is out, but you're unemployed. That's a fucked up scenario. Yeah. The well, sun is out, and you have no job. At least in New York. It, it, you're, you're unemployed, but it's cloudy. It matches. <laughs> Someone just pissed on you. You're like, fuck you're yeah, walking. I'm unemployed and I got peed on. It's all going. But there's paradoxes here. It's yeah. sunny out. You don't have a gig. There's hot chicks. You can't get one. You don't have a girlfriend. You don't have a car. Guys driving around in Porsche. And then you're going like this. Hey, man, let's do lunch. Yeah, great. Uh, we have a meeting in three weeks, right? Okay. And, they, and they, it's like they force you to smile. When you're not feeling that way. And then if you just keep it real and you go, I'm not in the mood today. All of a sudden, you're not on the pilot because you told somebody the truth. You yeah. can't you can't fuck with the comics. Like, you know how me, all of us used to shit on each other. Rich Voss, Jim Norton. All of us would. Remember, we'd be in a circle shitting on each other. You told a story. You just remember, reminded me of a story one yeah. time. This is fucking probably 18 years ago. God damn. I, that's how. I can't believe that. But the, I remember you telling a story about you going into a meeting, yes, or going into an audition in L.A. Yes, and uh, you stuck your hand out to shake someone's hand, and the guy wouldn't shake your hand, and you were like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, you didn't say that out loud, but you were like, and he's like, "I don't know, you could be sick," and you're like, "You don't shake my fucking hand." Yeah, like, I remember you saying that, and I remember, I remember it was like, I want to say it was like me, the guys that all hung out, out outside was like me, Patrice, you, Jeez, all of us, like yeah. every now and then, like Todd, Bur Todd Berry, like it was but, like the, it was Bobby the Justice Kelly. League of Comics, dude. and it was all, and I would just work the door, so I was yeah. always listening. I yeah. wasn't like right, and you were like, I remember Mike Epps telling the same story. Like a week later, but not yeah. the same story. But he was right. saying he was he went out and he did an audition for the C not CW. I'm sure it was something else at yeah. the time. The G BW or the B something. <laughs> yeah, one of them. The uh, WB. 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 And the, and the guy was like, uh, "That's great. Can you say it more like Hood?" And Mike was like, "Excuse me." Right. He's like, "Can say it more Hood?" And Mike was like, "Said it again." He goes, "You sound very country. Can you say it more like Street?" Uh, and Mike's and, like, and Mike's from the street. Fuck, fuck you. you! And he walked out. I remember some lady told me I wasn't African enough, and I'm 100 percent African. You're 100 percent African. I was supposed to go. I'm a did I'm a did All right, so let's start. Let's go. <laughs> there. Okay, now let's we go just, there. And now, then where we'll, are we? Where are let's, we? We're, we're good with Tony. Tony we're, Woods. We got to say Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Now, years later, like Dave Chappelle's show comes on, he didn't get. He didn't put me on it because he was still. Yeah. They were. We were still. We were not speaking. Yeah. So. He even did a sketch making fun of the 7-Up guy because, you know, I was a 7-Up guy at one point. 
And then I fucking forgot about that. Yeah, I was a Seven Up dude in two thousand two and two thousand three, and I used to host. I did, um, you know, they um, Seven Up sponsors um, MTV Spring Break, so I hosted it twice. Yeah, the 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 um, you know it was awesome. So uh, years later, Dave's not speaking to me still. Manny, who used to own the cellar, Manny, yeah. remember before he passed? Of course. Manny, one day he comes up to me, Manny and Esty. Hey, Godfrey, do this. I know you and Dave aren't speaking and stuff, but why don't you like apologize to him? I said, Manny, for what? Motherfucker, he started it with me. And I said, Manny, I love the seller. This is my spot. But if you think I'm going to apologize and that's going to affect me coming here, then fuck it. So be it. I'm a man first, man. Yeah. I don't play that shit. I'm not some bitch-ass motherfucker from high school in a lunchroom. I'm not trying to be cool. I don't care if I'm accepted or not. Yeah. I like people. I treat everybody with respect. But if you're going to accuse me and fuck my, my character up, and say, and I was raised right. I'm not stealing your shit, motherfucker. Yeah. And I was like, I was a friend today. I'm his friend. I don't give a fuck about your movies or whatever. I respect you as a great comic. If you all that shit was gone, I'd still be your fucking friend. You understand? I said, Manny, I'm professional. When I bring Dave up, I show him love. I don't show animosity towards him. But I'm not going to apologize to him when I get off the stage. Off the stage, it's open season. It's like, I'm a fucking man first. Yeah. Fuck the comedy shit. He respected that. I always treated Dave with respect. Then one day, long story short, Dave comes outside, goes, Godfrey, let me talk to you, man. I said, what's up, man? He goes, I want to apologize to you, man. I want to apologize. The t my time, the time, because his father had passed away. Yeah. And I gave him a card, a condolence card. And he remembered that. He said, I remember when my father died, man, and you gave me a condolence card. I go, because you're my friend, man. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Remember half the time you would invite me to some of your parties? I'd go, no, I'm good. He'd have a, hunch of, a whole bunch of hanger honors that didn't give a fuck about him. And I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good, man. I'm chill. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, I, and he goes, I know you're a talented motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. He said, I was just going through some shit, but I apologize, and I respected him for that shit. And I said, my man, we're good. I don't hold grudges like some bitch, yeah. but I'm not going to apologize to you first. If you start some shit with me, if I started it, I'd been like, man, my bad. Yeah. But I was like, well, well, we just going to have to be, you know, it's like superheroes with different powers. You, you Batman. Okay. I'm, I'm fucking Spider-Man, whatever. We fight our own crimes, but we're cool now. Yeah. And I, and, and I've hung out with him a few times. I, I saw the Wu-Tang concert not too long ago with Dave Chappelle. You know, I saw the Roots picnic in Central Park. Yeah. It was, I mean, I'm sorry, in Bryant Park. So we are cool, and I respected him for that. I respect him for what he did at Comedy Central when they were trying to compromise him, and he didn't take that shit. Yeah. And I like that he's gotten paid his $60 million for his Netflix shit, which was dope. I respect him as a man, as a father, as a comedian. I have much respect for that guy. And we went through it. Hey, it happens. But we're cool now. The thing, you know? the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand that I, that we we don't understand either, but yeah. we get a glimpse of yeah. is just how fucking crazy his life can become yeah like i, I like you know I've, I've told this story before about i'll tell it one more time uh i was in dayton getting paid probably getting paid four grand okay i'm um, whatever it was okay. i don't remember when it was but i know Chappelle was not he was just not in public the way he is right. now and uh black dude rolls in the office as i'm yeah. getting paid you know when you're yeah. on the road getting paid it's just you and the manager they, yeah. they tell everyone to stay out right black dude opens the door and just walks in and starts talking, and out of the corner of my eye, I see him, and I'm thinking, all I'm thinking is because the dude in the kitchen was a black dude, skinny black dude. It might be him. And I thought, what the fuck? You were walking in while I'm getting like, paid. I don't, it doesn't bother me. If you want to know, I make four grand still a week. Know, I don't need you to know. Yeah, but and, and, but I'm thinking Doc is going to say something to right. me. And Doc doesn't. He just starts talking to him. 
And I look over to Chappelle. He's got his backpack on. He's got a motorcycle oh. helmet in his arm. Oh, hands. shit. Yeah, and I went, I, w- I just was like, Ohio. It's weird. It's kind of like seeing a great white shark because it's, <laughs> it's like I've seen a lot of great white sharks, oddly enough. But, uh, but it's, it's, you go, I understand that I'm in the place where you see a great white shark. And I understand that, that it is a great white shark. I get that. But still, it's a great white shark. You've heard about these. Yeah. These are the movies. Holy these are, shit. And then, but then he started talking, and I it, it went from a great white shark to like just a regular sea animal as he was talking that he didn't have any new material. And I went, oh, that's right. He's a comic. Oh, I for, totally forgot. Yeah. He's the same boat I am, is that every night you got to come up with something new, and he's having the same struggle I am. Yeah. It's creativity. He's, yes, he's a great comic, but he's yeah. not. he's not. He's not Jesus Christ. It doesn't just show up. He's got to come up with it. And this so- is the thing about comedy, which which I was I was I've had the privilege of Seinfeld because you know I was in comedian. Yeah, the documentary. The reason why I was always around him. So Seinfeld had seen me do a, a, a thing about being in Egypt. When I was in Egypt, I came back from New York from e- to New York from Egypt. A couple hours later, I went to the cellar to talk about my Egyptian experience. Yeah, and Seinfeld had seen that, and then. A couple weeks later, Seinfeld saw me and said, hey, man, I want to talk to you, man. I'm like, what? <laughs> Sits me down. We're just talking about comedy. And he, he was giving me pointers and shit. Then he says, always remember this. Because I had told him I was, I've been doing comedy like nine years. I thought I was the shit. I was like, yeah, I'm like nine years. He goes, yeah. I'm going to let you know something. This is not me being a dick. But if you're nine years in comedy, that means you're a nine-year-old. That's kindergarten. You're like, remember that. Just to keep because comedy yeah. is always going to be bigger than you. It's 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 like a thing you will never conquer. I said I said to myself the other day I've been doing it what nineteen years. Yeah, yeah, we're just about the same and years. Then, and then I ju- and I just looked and Dane Cook is at twenty six. Yeah, and I went, fuck. But we're still working at. Man, I would see George Wallace, who I've become really good friends with. George Wallace would be up there with notes, still going over shit. Yeah, been doing comedy since seventy seven with Seinfeld. They're still writing notes. Yeah, and you got a lot of these little bitch ass comics that walk in like, okay, my man, you got two sitcoms, good for you, but your mic game has nothing to do with that. Don't your ever. mic game. That's like you know what that's like. That's like being good at fucking a video game, a baseball video game, and thinking you can go on the field and smack a home run. The fuck out of here, man. There's a it's, lot of that. It, man, and, and, and I'm being honest. And, and people think, oh, you're being bitter. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not being fucking. If you want to call this bitter, you all can suck my dick right now. Yeah. Because it's the, com, man, it's like an equation. It's like when you see mathematicians always trying to figure shit out, right? Yeah. That's like comedy. You go, okay, I just did an hour. I got to do another hour. Fuck, where do I get the fucking punchline for this one joke? It's like math, dude. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I take a lot of pride in my mic game. You take a lot of pride in your mic game. You said if every, let's say TV shut down. Let's say, let's say television shut down, the computer shut down. You go, I got the mic though. I can go around the country and blow shit the fuck up. Let me tell you something. Apocalypse happens, happens tomorrow and all we got are campfires in the front yard. And microphones. And, and, and I don't even need a mic. Just give me a campfire. Dude, that's the new album. I'll campfire and microphones. <laughs> I'll fucking, I will feed my family. <laughs> What? I will feed what? my family. Yo, bump my fist right now. Everybody, we bump a fist. Yo, you <laughs> dance with the mic. my fucking I, family. I can, I can put my mic in my pocket, walk around, go, yo, let me plug this shit in. I'll entertain this whole fucking town. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, just, I'm not saying that it's not good that people are getting TV shows. I think it's great that there's so many different, thank God, guys like me and you who maybe were choosy about shit. You know, yeah. and as an African-American comic, I'm going to oh. be real. I'm not trying to put on a skirt. I'm not trying to do no fucking sissy fight shit, partner. I'm not doing it. And that's not and that's not 
being uh, I'm not some homophobe. I'm not I got good friends that are gay. I don't care. I got friends that but I'm not as an image and as having two nephews that look up to me. I want to be what I've groomed myself to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to be a badass. I want to be a heterosexual badass motherfucker. That's what I do. Some guys compromise themselves because they want to make it so badly. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that shit. I mean, I'll do silly comedies, but I won't do something where I'm the buffoon. That's not going to happen. And yeah. there's certain choices that I make. And if it's, hey, if it's taking me too long, people say, I, I've been accused like, oh, the stuff you say is racist. I say, wait a minute. I talk about slavery. That's racist because we were slaves. How is it racist? People will say this shit. Seriously? Oh, man. Because I like to watch. I'm, I'm a big Paul Mooney, George Carlin, Richard Pryor fan. Yeah. I love that they push the edge. That's what I do. Paul Mooney, I almost, uh, but this is probably, almost probably with like, nine, no, no, 1999. Mm-hmm. I almost walked out because Paul Mooney was getting on. And Patrice grabbed me by the arm and sat me back down. And he pulled me over to him and he goes, Two table over, two tables over. Eddie Murphy is sitting here. Wow! You are not leaving when Eddie Murphy is watching. And I went. I heard that. I was shit. like, we were Caroline's. Damn. Maybe, maybe seventy people. Yeah. And Paul Mooney went on with a bottle of champagne, and I watched the whole thing. I didn't get all of it. I thought a lot of it was right. jaded and angry, and I. Well, well, I, and I I'm just being real. Old, no, no, yeah, you should. But, but he's, like, but he's, like, but I sat back and I went. Some of his points, I was like, oh, I would never write that. I don't have the honesty. Right. I don't have the insight. But you know, he comes from that era where he had to go through the back of a restaurant. He comes uh-huh. from the era where he saw white um, fountain, colored fountain. He has every fucking right to be angry. Oh, and the 100%. fact that he's funny with it, thank God. Yeah. He, he People kill me with this. If a, a black man is bo- like Dick Gregory, who's 80-something, who still does comedy, he marched with Martin Luther King. By the he way, was, Dick Gregory's nephew is fucking hilarious. Oh, is he? I want to see it. fucking hilarious. What's his name? What's his uh, name? Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry, man. No, that's all right. Well, I'm no, gonna, I'll look I, it up. No, but he's listening. He's, he's out of Ohio. And I'll look if it up. you ever go to Columbus, work with I haven't him. done Columbus he's, yet. Are you serious? No. Oh. I haven't done Nebraska See, yet. See, that's the difference between New York and L.A. is us L.A. guys couldn't get work here, so we all went on the road, yeah. and all the New York guys were working tons and having a fucking blast. And so you guys all were like, fuck Columbus. You're like, I'll just no, do I'll three do sets Col- of the cellar. No, but, no, but thing- I'm saying like 10 years yeah, ago. Well, yeah, but You're that's like, I'll do three sets of the cellar who, and book a movie. But that's a lot of people who don't headline because I wanted to headline and do the road because yeah. you got to learn how to do the road. I mean, you don't want to be like a road guy because you're doing a road because you can never get any TV shit. Wait, what's but your what's your schedule look like? What time you got to get out of here? Why? I'm just I'm just checking because I want to piss, but I don't want to stop. Piss. I, don't, I know I don't, but I don't want to take a piss. And we what, what are we talking about right now? Right now we're talking about I don't and fucking we're gonna, know. We're talking about the road. Not we're going to road. Boom boom. And now we were to talk about remember uh, we were going to talk about we did uh, Dave Chappelle, we did Tony Woods. We want to talk about Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. I'm going to do Bernie. Okay, hold, let's hold on, Bernie Mac. Okay. okay, let's hold on. That talk about the road and Bernie Mac. Road okay. Bernie Mac. And, uh, but then I want to. Uh, what I want to talk about. What? I want to talk about uh, being black in America with Please. two African oh, yeah. parents. Yes. I want to oh. talk about. Sweet. I, I want to talk write about. It down. But I want to talk about uh, doing black clubs. Oh yes. There's, there's so much I want to talk about. Come on. We've Don't done take an hour piss. right now. It's just floated. Don't take by. a piss. And I, and I so badly want my wife to be in here when you talk about Bernie Mac, oh, but I, I know she won't. She's fucking drip. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this. Okay, and we'll be pause right it. <laughs> Yo, Leanne. Yeah. Yeah. George is pretty good. Talking that mic real quick. All right, real quick. Yeah. So now we've invited Hello. the women back into the man cave. And we're gonna talk about for two seconds, and this is 
the re- one of the reasons I fell in love with my wife. Yeah. Godfrey uh, worked with Bernie Mac. Oh, I loved Bernie Mac. Yeah. I worked with Bernie Mac in Ch- uh, when I first started doing comedy in Chicago. I was doing like uh, mainstream, you know. And then I asked, uh, who did I ask? I asked some people. I said, hey, man, I want to go. I want to do Urban. You know, I'm going to do like all black audiences. So, Godfrey, so so I'll say this to my audience, yeah. but I'll say it to you more importantly. Godfrey's uh, parent, Godfrey, Godfrey's mother's a nurse. Godfrey's dad was uh, a Teacher. professor over in, and they're both from Nigeria. Yeah. So his parents are like hardcore intellectuals. And if you spend two seconds with Godfrey, you know very quickly he is, does not suffer fools. He's a really smart dude, kind of really smart dude. <laughs> he knows like nineteen different things about. But but uh, to do that, a lot of times to do that in a in a black room. That like to it would be considered crossover. It's not like well, Bernie they, Mac. Like I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Yeah, but that's so funny because uh, funny is funny though. You know what I mean? Yeah, funny. I funny. always I stayed that way. I never changed the way I approach comedy. I thought I thought that oh this is gonna be funny because when I would imitate white people or just do it, it doesn't matter because a lot of cats will come in. But the one thing I liked about Chicago was that we were all very distinguishable. Everybody had their own style. Yeah. From me, Dion Cole, Corey Holcomb, all of us, everybody was different. You guys are you, so different now that I know you guys as men. Like, meaning, yeah, like, yeah. we're all men, but, like, just God, different. Those, are, those are three very different comics. So, you see how different we were. We'd all be on the same lineup. But the thing about um, that Bernie took me under his wing the most because he said, he, he would be like, you know what I like about you, man? You see, you're talking all that smart college shit. He's like, but you're talking about it in front of, you know, hustlers. And, you know, his his crew, his crew was like Michael Jordan, Ahmad Rashad. What? Yeah, they were best. Yeah, man. He wore. What? When, when the Bulls won their second championship, they used to go, who you with? Who you with? That was Bernie Mac saying. Yeah, him and Bernie were like that. He used to wear the. Yeah. Did you know that? No, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, Bernie no. and Michael were. Because Michael would come to the Cotton Club. Michael Jordan, his wife, Ahmad Rashad. And it would be like. Like, you know, uh, Bishop Don Juan, the, yeah. the pimp that hangs. Yeah. yeah, he's from Chicago. Bishop saw me as an amateur. When I did soul playing with Snoop Dogg, Bishop came on the set and greeted me first before he greeted Snoop Dogg because he really? knew me. Yeah, he knew me as an amateur. He was like, Holy hey, man, shit. what's up, man? See you in a long time. I remember you in this, you know, the Cotton Club. I said, yeah. I used to do shows for like pimps and hustlers and drug dealers and, and Mike Epps would come through. That's yeah. when I met Mike Epps and DL and Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, man. Holy to, shit. And Bernie, like, I used to, me and this guy named Evan Lionel, who's still out here in L.A., he's from Chicago, um, he he actually he actually housed Bernie when he Bernie didn't have a place to stay. He housed Bernie and his wife and his daughter. My friend Evan Lionel, yes. Him and Bernie were very close. See, they, this goes a long way. And Bernie used to give us advice. I remember he would, I would sit down with Bernie after the Cotton Club with him and his wife. It'd be two and three in the morning, and he would give me all this advice all by myself. He'd be like, "Let me tell you something. Stay versatile. I like your style. That's what I like. See, you have too many people trying to be like Bernie Mac, but see, you don't give a fuck. You like you, but it's all about being comfortable with yeah. yourself. And that's what he liked me. That's why I ended up hosting when he started to get known from Def Comedy Jam. Yeah. He let me host the summer. Like, one day he let me host the whole summer. Every comic was angry at me, like, pissed. And I go, first of all, I didn't ask to host the Cotton Club. I didn't yeah. want to. Bernie asked me, so I'm not going to say no. Yeah. He goes, I want you to host. 
I'm gonna be gone for three months. I want you to host this motherfucker. I was like, okay, cool. I'm not gonna say no to Bernie Mac. You gotta hear so, you, now. You gotta hear now. You gotta hear Leanne's impression of Bernie Mac. So do your do horrible, yours. Do yours. I don't think hit, I have one. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite Bernie Mac joke. You know, Burke Kreischer's wife Leanne is about to do. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm do stumped. I mean, I love. I'm gonna crack you back to the. Go on, do it. White uh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna crack your head to the white meat. <laughs> I'm gonna crack your head open to the white meat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably pretty that was bad. Good. Good for you. But uh, she, we, there's two things that my wife, uh, that like three things. I'll say three things. Yeah. The first thing was when we first started dating. She said, "Oh, you're a comic. I love the uh, King's comedy. Yeah, I love Bernie Mac. Yeah." And I said, "Really? <laughs> Just didn't seem like I was like really Bernie Mac." She's like, "Oh, I love Bernie Mac. Right. And I love Steve Harvey." Yeah, she still listens to Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Harvey. I was Mm. so bummed when they canceled his morning show in L.A. Because I listened to his morning drive time radio show every single day. And people love him now, boy. Those those housewives especially love. He got the Steve Harvey show. He hosts the big shots. I think he hosts every channel. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think Steve, I loved his radio show. And he's, though, he right? would love his radio show. She felt like it was going. You like to Family Feud? You like Family Feud? Loved him. Like I him? love him on Family he Feud. He has yeah. like nineteen shows. This is the only thing. I didn't Dude. know he wore a wig. Oh, back in the day, he wears a wig. No, that was before. that high five, top fade was a wig. Yeah, what? Was, I know that's because why he, he was balding in the center. Aww. one time. That's when I. But here's the thing: I was in a comedy team for a year. It was me and this guy named Alexander. This is Chicago early. We started a comedy team, and I remember I was really mad because my, my partner was getting drunk and forgetting the lines because I was writing most of the sketches. <laughs> yeah. He would forget the lines. i go, dude, we're in the middle of a fucking show. What's wrong with you? We would open up for like Adele Givens. Godfrey deal. doesn't drink. Now, now I'm starting to learn. Shut learn. up. <laughs> a little something. <laughs> right, <Seriously>? Kim? <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning to drink a little bit. Shut up. Yeah, I'm learning about wines and stuff. Yeah, wines, and she's teaching me. Yeah, I knew yeah. I knew that because every time we go out drinking, Garvey just hang out, be cool, but he just not drink. He I would just watch them do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I'd just be sitting there like, hey, you want some? Nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like what was... Right. What was, I don't blame you. I'd like root beer better than anything. Root beer is amazing. That's my favorite. What, what yeah. were we saying just now? We were talking about Steve Harvey Steve and your Harvey. comedy team. Okay, so this is my meeting with Steve Harvey. I knew Steve Harvey as a, an amateur. Yeah. And... I remember I was in the hallway mad because my friend was he was drunk and high and he was forgetting all the lines and I had to split this check with him and and then Steve Harvey was in the hallway and he goes he's like what's the matter with you I was like yeah I'm just like kind of a little frustrated this dude man he's forgetting all the lines he goes he goes I'm gonna tell you something though say you when I'm I'm watching you man you the one that's talented man you need to cut his ass I remember he said he said you need to cut his ass he said how much you making how much you making I said we're making like um, it was whack like a hundred bucks he goes you like splitting that money cut his ass and and he walked off and that's when he was balding in the middle of and he walked out he's like I'll see you later man I got a picture of that day and he walked yeah I still got I'm gonna I'm gonna find all my old pictures I'm telling you and he walked away Steve Harvey, because he used to come to Chicago all the time. He packed it out. Oh, man. It was a big deal. When Steve Harvey came to Chicago, especially when he did Def Comedy Jam, people packed it out. And I still, and here's one line that I use from Steve Harvey. If, if I'm ever in a real bad jam, he goes, I remember when this dude was heckling Steve, and Steve doesn't like to heckle. He was like, hey, man, 
Let me tell you something. And he would always talk in third person. Steve Harvey don't like when people heckle him. You understand? He said, when you walked in here, they gave you a chair and me a mic. That was a motherfucking clue. <laughs> that was just a, you know, you're an amateur. You're like, yo, that's the coolest. Clue. That's the baddest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Steve was part of, I, I, I knew Steve a little bit. I didn't know him that well. But he, you know, when I, when he, every once in a while when he would see me, he'd be like, what's up, man? Chicago, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. So, you know, that's my, uh, Bernie was my thing, though. Bernie, when, when Keith Robinson was on tour with him, um, he had called me. Keith Robinson called me and said, hey, man, Bernie, you know, Keith was like, hey, yo, Bernie Mac wants to say something to you. Yeah. And Bernie's like, hey, man, I'm proud of you, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I told you, Keith. I told you I knew Bernie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, yeah, man. So that was uh, that was cool that I got to know Bernie for, like, now, I mean, he became so huge. He was about to be, I mean, if he was still around. He passed from mesothelioma? Was it? It was some, some internal some organs, lung, lung disease, or something. Something it weird. Was something crazy off the wall. But I. But it's funny how he became George Clooney's friends. Matt, Day, he was in like big ass movies. Just real. He and everybody's imitating Bernie. Like this was a local. This is a local dude. Yeah. Like that accent was a Chicago South Side, and then you go all over the world. Everyone's like Bernie back. Yeah. And they're talking like Bernie. Best set of stand up ever is that Def Jam of his. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. You know what happened with that, right? Uh, hamburger somebody, Jones. Somebody had bombed before him. Hamburger Jones. It was with Hamburger Jones, and everybody was shitting on the comedy. And he came out and said, I ain't afraid of you, motherfucker. Martin Lawrence, if you watch Martin Lawrence's intro for Bernie Mac, he starts off by going, This guy's from Chicago, and you can hear them like, Oh. oh. And he's like, No, 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 trust me. Like, oh. you, like you can hear that his intro yeah. leads into it, and then, and then you hear Bernie come out. Kick that shit! It, yeah. I've showed you that. Yeah, it's great. yeah that it's, was it's, that Bill was his... Burr and I. Bill Burr and I talked about that because Patrice showed that to Bill and said, "This is the best set of stand-up ever." Yeah, yeah. That's when he. That was his second Def Jam. His first. It? Yeah, he he did his first one where he did take me out to the ball game at the end. He was a little nervous and he had yeah. a, like his greenish sweater on. He had little glasses. He was like, yeah, because we knew, we all watched it. Bernie yeah. Mac is going to be on Def Jam. And he did, he did pretty good. Yeah. But then the second time around, he had already been on the tour. So he was like, I ain't afraid of you motherfuckers. Kick it! Yeah. yeah. That was his second time. I take my dick out this whole room. Get get dark. Dark. And I was like, ah. And then it, that, he put Chicago on the map. And that's funny because when I started doing... When I started, when I came to New York, and I was doing the Jersey gigs and all those little urban gigs, I would say I'm from Chicago. Everybody be like Bernie Mac, and so I that helped me. Right, oh, Chicago that's fucking comic. crazy. Because I was the only Chicago guy around. Remember, I was the only guy from Chicago. You're the only guy I knew. Nobody from Chicago. else was. From the Chicago. only other person I met from Chicago. Hang on a second. I'm gonna let my wife go. Do you want to go finish cooking dinner? Well, I had some questions, well, but yeah, 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 I yeah, am yeah. cooking. Questions, questions. Go. But it's off. It's not. It's off topic a little bit. That's right. okay. Like, what your parents think when you started doing comedy? They didn't like it at first because they you were like, I thought this? you. No, no. no I thought you were like want to be in psychiatry. Be like, I was like, no, I, I really want because I didn't tell them. I kind of like I was working at a grocery store, you know, and yeah. going to college. Yeah, but I wanted to try the comedy thing, and then I kind of snuck around doing comedy. Then my sister caught me one day. Oh, she she her friends happened to be at the comedy club going out just, and she was like in the hallway. She like, well, what are you doing here? Oh, and she goes, yeah. you're doing comedy. And I was like, yeah, you better shut up and don't tell anybody. <laughs> and she goes, you better be funny. <laughs> yes, now yeah. she wants to fucking be an asshole. Right. But yeah, I told my parents. And then they were like, well, you know, that's cool. They weren't like 
outraged. They were just like, okay, but we thought you were like trying to be like pre-med, da, da, da. And they said, well, well, what are you going to do for backup if it doesn't work? You know, they right. were just thinking that. She goes, like well, acting? Yeah, yeah, they were like, what if it fails? You got to have something to back up. My mother kept doing that. Yeah. And then when I started getting some momentum and started, and then when I booked a commercial, I booked a McDonald's commercial. Then I was making, you know, when you book a commercial, you make some money. Yeah. I was able to move out. So my father was like, wait a minute, I like this. Yeah. This is good. You know, and then he saw, he started seeing me do little things here and there. And then he start, they were supportive of that. And then it, it was, it was, it was at first like, what? Yeah. Why, you still, why are you, you know, but then yeah. it was all right. Well, to you know? be a really good comic, you have to be really smart. Like really, really, really. <laughs> no, you do. You you yeah, you are very smart. So I'm very smart. Do they now? Yeah. Do they see that now? Well, my parents or? aren't around anymore. Oh, unfortunate. Okay. I'm parents sorry. Parents gone. Yeah, my mother like 14 years ago. Oh my, my god. Father, like five or six. Yeah. They young. Really. Yeah. Not that super old. They weren't like elderly, but they were old. But oh, not. Okay. my yeah. mother was like my mother's like in her 50s when she because it was leukemia. That's not old. Leukemia. Uh, That's really young. Leukemia, though, was cancer. What are you going to do? And my father died from just, I think, just being by himself. Aww. I mean, he missed my mom like a big time. I'm sure. They say that happens, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say that happens, though. When you're with somebody a long time and then they go, then you just go, hey, I'm out. Not me. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> Shut dies, up. I start all over. I die. He won't Brand know what new. to do. He can't Young get out pussy. that door. Young pussy. We're talking like 30 years old. That's Young Good to me. Luck. That's Young Pussy now. <laughs> Thanks we're talking lot. 75. I'm talking 65, I'm all good. Wait, so wait, what were your parents like? What was it? Like Your parents, how were they when they moved to the States? Man, my father was like, uh, he had to be like 28, 30, like, like 30, I think, about 30. 30 years old, something like that. Grew up in Nigeria. Like, yeah, yeah, man. 100%. You know, the yeah, only marriage picture of Nigeria. Do you know also. the only Nigerian I've ever met where I brought you up and said, do you know God? I, and I... The one thing that the, the I don't know how public this is or whatever, but yeah. I, not that it's not or is not, but yeah. um, I used to bring you up on stage if I ever brought you up with your full name, Godfrey Danshima. Yeah, and and I I said to this Nigerian, "Do you know Godfrey Danshima? Do you know who he is?" He said, "No," and I said, uh, "He's a great comedian. You have to know him." And it was uh, Christian Okoya. What? Yeah. It was right when I got my first TV show. Wow, but he wasn't on. listening to comedy like that. Christian Coyer from the Chiefs. Yeah, and I said, you have to know Godfrey. And what? I told him your full name, and I said, you have to Google him. You'll love him. You'll love Christian him. Christian Okoye. Yeah. And he, the Nigerian nightmare. He, <laughs> do you want to hear a good Christian Okoye story? So I said to him, I interview him. He went to Azuzu, Azusa Pacific. That, the, the, Azusa Pacific. Yeah, yeah, Azusa Pacific, yeah. He, I interview him, and then we all... Uh, right after the interview, everyone's taking pictures, yeah. and I say to him, "Oh fuck!" Okay. There goes this I'm story. Out. Okay, all right. Here you go. Your food's gonna burn. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Cut this mic so we don't hear that. All right. I think oh, that's perfect. Okay. So I say to Christian, "I go." Uh, everyone's taking pictures, and I said, yeah. uh, "I said, hey, uh, we get done." Then I said, "A private one, just me and him with our shirts off." Yeah, and everyone laughs, and Christian didn't get the joke. He went, "Huh? Oh, that Nigerians don't know yeah. sarcasm, bro." And I said, I, "And I saw him just joking." So then we do get done the show, and then everyone was get well, get a picture with him. So everyone's lining up, and then everyone starts walking away, and me and him are the last two people walking off stage, 
And he grabs her by the arm with that big fucking hand, and he goes, I want to be shirtless with you. And I went, excuse me? And he goes, you said we could be shirtless. And I went, oh, no, 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 that was a joke. And then he goes, ha, ha, I got you, funny man. Oh, he got, that's good. And I went, shut the fuck up. And he had that, he was a massive fucking dude. Yeah. But yeah, you're the only, I, I said to him, your full fucking name, and I was like, you need to Google him, you need to watch him. Probably not Google. Because if you were Ask Jeeves at the time. Wow, because Godfrey, like, you ask Jeeves if, if you just go Godfrey, usually the whole name, they'll go, what? That's why yeah. I just stuck with Godfrey, because not everybody, they say, what kind of name is that? I remember like, one time I brought you on stage, you're like, don't, don't even say my last name, it's so fucking, and then, then right after that, I worked with a guy who was like, you need to lose the Chrysler, just be Burt, all anyone knows you as is Burt. No, the, then Sesame Street. Yeah, <laughs> and the, they, they literally were like, ladies and gentlemen, your feature act, you've seen him on Last Comic Standing, put Bert. your hands together for Burt. And it just sat Ooh. silent, and everyone's like, "Bert, what? Bert Kreischer? Yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. Okay, we did that. We went boom. Okay, we got Bernie boom. Mac. Boom. We got that. Boom. We got. What oh. was it like? So, what was it like? Yeah. Like uh, going into the Chicago scene? Yeah. I mean, I won't say you. I, I won't say you're not black. Meaning, like, like, but you're you didn't grow up in Chicago, like. Like D Ray, maybe? No, not at all. Like, that, but I it, knew guys. I went. I I hung. I had friends like him, though. But you were. But but, but you were always. You were. You always held. In my experience with you, yeah. you always held yourself to a distance, different standard than everybody. Damn right. And and I say that black, white, still skin. No, right, 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 right. You've always held yourself to a different standard in the fact that you're not a guy that sits and wastes away your day playing video games and dicking around and eating cereal. I like to I like to eat cereal. I like to play video games, but I don't sit around doing it all yeah. day. You're super. Uh, as far as engaged in life, engaged, but yeah, yeah. I like to do other things. Like I say, I guess it's not martial arts, yoga, blah blah blah, working yeah. out. You know, going to museums, blah blah blah, doing that. Yeah. Yeah, as far as like work ethic, I could be better at that. It's part of my comedy all, yeah. work ethic, yeah. But if I like, there's that extra extra shit that you see other people do that maybe not be as talented, but the fact that they're doing that extra shit is why they're getting to where they're getting. I'm getting better at that yeah. with the social networking by you know collaborating with people, being a little smarter about shit. It has actually worked because yeah. I've been packing out places that I hadn't been packing out before. I'm like, yo, I fucking sold out. What the fuck? Man, I went from good numbers to like, oh, you sold out. What? Yeah, that's they, and then people go, man, those, those the podcasts I listen to you on, yo, that shit you do on Instagram, yo, that shit you do with Rennie, this guy named At Rennie, he's an Instagram star. The shit you do with King Batch, I'm like, oh, that shit is working. It's yeah. working. And then now motherfuckers are like, and I heard you and Chad, shout out to Chad Zumak, you guys are talking about how the fuck. How come Godfrey isn't at a certain every? It's like well, that. everyone said that. Everyone said that about two people when I first started. It was you and Dane Cook, right? When I started, well, Dane like, finally. They were like, but yeah, but but they were like, Godfrey and Dane are the shoe ins. You guys are gonna be like movie stars in a week. <laughs> but in a weird way, I think it was like the way that the way that you end up settling with the business of going like, yeah, shit happens for everyone at different times. There's no, it's not a, it's a lottery ticket that's unscratched. Right. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm. Dane's gonna be on the podcast in a couple of weeks, and I, yeah. and I'm not, I'm, I'm not <laughs> trying to, sh- I'm not trying to shit on Dane at all. No, at all. I would never shit on Dane. Dane's experienced things in life I can't wrap my head around. None right. of us can. Right. He's seen parts of this business that we don't even know exist yet. Right. But I will say that, like, that, like, right now in my life where I'm at, I like yeah. the come up. I like. 
I would I not I'm not saying I wouldn't want to be Dane, but like I don't know about like having the millions and being and selling out Boston Garden and, and going and going. What's next? Like I don't. There's got to be a little. I know Dane, and I know that Dane yeah. is a guy that drives his own ship. And when he's sitting there rudderless, going like, "What do I want to do next? Like maybe I want to do a TV show. Maybe I like maybe I'll fuck it. I mean, and you got millions, and you're in a mansion in the hills that's gorgeous wow. with a bunch of beautiful women, and you're in great You've been shape. To his mansion? Uh, I've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> But like, but like, and I'm. By the way, I'm not taking away from Dane at all. I love Dane. I, I've known Dane yeah. a long time. You same way, same here. But like, but like, I but never like roll me, with him. Me though. and you are in the same boat of like, of like. Yeah. Hey, I'm sure there are people like, well, oh, Burke, I signed for to a deal within doing stand up six months. He'll be a star. And then sometimes you just make a living, and you're yeah. and you make a really good living, and yeah. you're happy, and yeah. you're like, and you're sitting in your front yard having a cigar, going. I think I'm cool with this. <laughs> Like uh, maybe I could call Jim Brewer today. Godfrey's coming over in an hour. Dan's gonna be here in a couple of days. Yeah. Jim Florentine's coming by. I yeah. got a really great life. I'm tech getting texts from Rogan and Segura and Bill Burr. Yeah. Like the funniest motherfuckers in the world are my friends. Right. What what am I looking for? Do I need do I need to be like a Carrie Fisher type, you know, like do I need to be in Star Wars to make this story complete? Because you because when that Seven Up deal happened. Yeah, I was, but I I took it for what it was. I was like, it's a commercial, can come and go. Yeah, I took it for what it was. I was like, oh, it's cool to be part of American culture to host your own product. Like, so I've seen some people be spokespersons. I said that. See, a lot of this stuff. You know where a lot of this stuff comes from what? when you get mad because you grow up wanting to be a lot of shit. Like superheroes were like, wow, I I collected comic books. I love Spider Man. I love Batman. And then you go into a business where you got people you see playing Batman. That motherfucker gets to play this guy. This is shit you grew up with. Yeah. Oh my god, voiceovers. Who didn't like cartoons? Yeah. We in a business where we can play a cartoon character. Yeah. But you don't get to yet. You're mad at that shit. Yeah. And then it's like you don't realize when you're growing up. Wow, this all looks fun. But now we're in the business. You go, oh damn. There's a lot of bullshit you got to go through to play Scooby Doo, and there's, a, there's, there's <laughs> you got to yeah. pull your pants down in order to be the da 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 da. There's, there's a, lot a lot of, of bullshit. <laughs> I don't that I don't have to deal with by, and I, I say this yeah. respectfully. Being white, there's a lot of shit I don't have to deal with. You goddamn, I'm glad you said that, Bert. Thank you. No, but I've don't been be like that. some white dude that goes, man. It's tough for white guys too. Shut the fuck up. It's t- you guys have to literally go into an office and hold everybody hostage to not get a deal. It's it, it's <laughs> tough for a white. I'll tell it's you tough what. For, it's yeah, tough for an tell. average white guy. What? Motherfucker, There's a lot better, of average better, white man, guys sitting check out your there. Microphone. There's a lot average of average white, white guys sitting out there. No, no, there's a lot of average white guys on TV. And there's You're, a right lot of You're right about that. You're there's right about that. There's a lot of average white men stinking up television. You're, you're, you hear me? You're, you're pretty right about I'm that. I'm not naming anybody, but, but there's a lot of average white dudes stinking up television, <laughs> and that breeds more other average white dudes that are arrogant as fuck. That should, and there's a lot of funny, funny ass white dudes that ain't getting shit. But I'm, there not, are, even, the, but see, I'm that, not even speaking up for white dudes because I don't give a fuck about your problems because your <laughs> problems are fucking weird and I don't know what it's about because I don't know what it's like to not be judged because you're of your skin color, but your fucking skill. You guys are actually judged by your skill level, and you don't even have to have skill level to make it. There are probably some white dudes right now mad, but I'm like, it's some average white dude angry right now sitting in his mansion. You you feel where I'm coming from? No, I know what you're saying. Look at how a lot of white comics act. Other than the Bill Burrs and the maybe David Tells, David Tell will never complain who's on stage. He don't give a fuck who's on stage. I'm David Tell. I'm going to go up after whoever the fuck. 
Most white comics Most. will be like, who's up there? Oh, no, there's a black comic. I don't know what to do. White problems because they always want the sweet spot. We always – we're like in the back of the bus fucking comedically. We always got to be the last – I'm just saying. No. So white dudes always get the sweet – even when they – they even book racially. Bookers be like, yeah, we're going to put this guy – before you can this guy go up before you Godfrey? sure no problem bill burr don't give a fuck no certain ones don't give a fuck look at a david tell and those guys they don't always get all the tv shows they're the ones that are usually the funniest ones yeah but these average ass pansy ass comics that are fucking milk toast they get everything and then they walk into a club like they're the shit i know i know you're talking and they make sure they get their asses on stage (laughs) before i get there (laughs) <laughs> or not, you know, yeah, you, you no, feel no, where exa- I'm coming yeah. from. I know exactly. And now look, I'm going to look like I'm the bitter guy. I don't give a fuck. Not, no, there's. I'll tell you. The, I'll tell you the the, the frustration. Yeah. I realized it in Chicago playing at the at the Schaumburg. I was headlining. I was Schaumburg. probably 33 years old. Yeah. The guy featuring for me, Chicago comic. His name's Kevin. Not Kevin Frazier. Kevin something. I wish I remembered his name. I really do. Yeah. Very nice guy. Black dude. Yeah. Uh, braces. I don't even. At know the time. Uh, very funny. Yeah. I only have interacted with him a couple other times. Mm-hmm. One time was on this fucking horrible radio show I did because yeah. I liked Opie and Anthony and the fucking guy knew Opie and, and it was a fucking nightmare and the guy felt bad for me. Right. But the guy said to me, he was a little older than me and he was like, I want to say his name's Kevin Frazier or Kevin McDonald or something like that. But he goes, uh, very candidly, he was blowing me off stage. Right. Very candidly. And we all knew it. Tony Tony Saldino or right. Tony Baldino knew it. The owner, he yeah. knew it. I knew it. The host yeah. knew it. We all knew it. Yeah. And I was struggling all week. And like Saturday early show, <laughs> he said, uh, he goes, you know, I'm I'm just curious. Like, how did you become a headliner? Like, not being a dick. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. I was what like, the fuck. And I was like, are you getting more money than me? I was like, and I was I was real. I was like, yeah. there's a pretty white community. You're destroying pretty hard because they don't like they've never they don't really go to see black comedy. But like but he, but he was just but he, funny. But he, but he he wasn't doing black comedy. He was just doing a black com- dude. He was just funny. And I and I go and I said to him, I said, and this is no shake on Tony Baldino. He did not say this. No. I'm telling this to this mm-hmm, guy mm-hmm. Kevin. I said, uh, I think it would be hard for them to put your picture on the marquee and people to show up around here. That's disgusting. If you if they but it's true. But it's true. It's, no, you. you if they put my face on the marquee, they'll come. People go, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" Nah, let's let's roll the dice. But right. if you put his face up, and he was not dirty, no, he wasn't that's like just just, just racial. You shit. just that's, see his face. They racial profile them, and they go, "Oh, that's not that night's not for us. That's for them. That's for them." Isn't that yeah? That's and Chicago. I went, and hey, I went. I, that that's not the world. That's the that's, that's the, the United States. Of, listen, listen. It's no different than. Like when you see when you go overseas or and you go to the duty free, you see all the colognes are all uh, advertised by white people. Yeah, I mean, you mean it? You didn't know that? I didn't, Charlie until Stara, you just it's said all that. white. Until you just said it's that. All white actors in duty free. I walked through there fucking wanting to kick these fucking pictures off. Oh, so on. you mean to tell me that if you saw Denzel Washington with a Tag Hero watch or a Rolex, you wouldn't want to fucking buy one? But if you saw, you should, but I will tell you what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> What? If I saw like Snoop Dogg cologne, I'd be like, I don't want to smell like that. But that's but yeah, but that's Snoop Dogg cologne. But like, if, there's a difference. But if you saw, 
there's a, there's a difference in between wanting to smell but, like Brad Pitt and wanting to smell like fucking old dirty bastard. But yo, but see, but that's putting up a fucking rap star. I'm talking about. A, a, a classy actor. If Denzel's I saw Cindy, different. Denzel, right. Denzel but, 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 is probably in but, the mix of that. But sometimes they'll do that. They'll go, yeah, Brad Pitt, and you put fucking Snoop Dogg. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense. But if sense. it was Snoop Dogg, a Snoop Dogg fucking Cavassier, some shit, people are going to buy that shit. There is, I'm saying, but the, I'm saying if you're yeah. putting Cologne, why the fuck would you put Snoop Dogg? Put Denzel Washington. Put Don Cheadle. Put fucking some cool black actors. Sidney Poitier in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't put our classy people. Don't put our fucking. Don't put the uh, little Wayne. You want him to fucking. <laughs> come on, that's not fair. I smell like cough syrup. Yeah, Charlie Theron, or you put fucking. Um, it is um, precious. Get and the those fuck out and of those here. are the, the those are the 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 things that I find I, that I I find racism, and I think it's as being a comic. Yeah. I'm a contrarian immediately. I look I look for the things I find racism in. I think is where racism like really exists. Where really exists? Where is it? Exist? Like number one, this is the one I, thing that's killing me right now. What's that? Is uh, we uh, we may agree on this or may not, and this isn't about we black or white. It's about we sexuality. Okay, it's um, they the big stink in Alabama was that uh, they were Beauty and the Beast. They were going to have the first gay character, uh, okay, Gaston, yeah. okay. was going to be gay. Okay, by, played by Josh Gad, mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm on both sides of the fence. Oddly mm-hmm. enough, I find that I do find it to be a tad bit ridiculous that a parent of a five-year-old would have to explain homosexuality to his kid after just going to see a movie. I, I do see that. I do see that Christian right so, parents. So, so Beauty and Beast was going to have a gay, so was the story going to change? No, but he, this character who I think has been like closeted gay, yeah. that, that's the joke. Okay. Now he's going to be openly gay. And uh, on, gonna, in the movie. In the movie, yeah. He's going to be like, not like making out with dudes, but definitely dancing with dudes and being attracted to dudes. And there's going to be some okay. jokes where homosexuality is the thing. Right. So I do understand that parent's um, perspective because I didn't want to have that conversation with my daughters. Not right. that I do right. or don't, but I like, I was like, how gay are we going here? Like, so then, so then I watched it. Right. And I went, oh, it's not that bad. However, the joke was that he was gay. So the jo- it was the same as blackface, it was gay face. Meaning like, <laughs> meaning like, meaning like, like the guy gay got dressed face. up. The girl guy got dressed up in girl clothes, and then that was the joke. That yeah, he liked, but I'm- he likes being dressed as a girl. Or they two guys dance together, and the fact that there were two men dancing together, that was the joke, well, and that bothered but, but me. That, I went, but the gay thing was it's black. That's not a good comparison. Okay, because blackface was ridicule of black people. That's this not is, the ridicule the, of gays. That's not the ridicule. To, to, but no, the joke, the, it's actually it's, not. But what, it's actually what about, not what about, a ridicule what about this? What about being this? gay? It's just it's we who are looking at it are ridiculing it. But they are not definitely not making a joke of the of gay community because they would not dare because the gay community is powerful. The gay community is. I mean, Hollywood has a strong gay community. They ain't gonna let that shit happen. They're introducing a gay character, but it's we who are looking at it as a joke. Because we're like, what? Beauty and the Beast, you understand? That's fascinating. Exactly. The okay. people who are inside are definitely not introducing it I as had a, a joke because okay. would, they would shut this shit down. So then, so then, then Broadway? Are you kidding? This is a Broadway play. Yeah. Gays and Broadway go hand in hand. So wait, they walk right through this then. So yeah. then, it, so then it, I started whittling it down. Yeah. And like uh, obsessive, compulsive, comic brain. I'm laying in bed trying to figure out a yeah. joke about this. 
and I started going, Kim Peel had ch- jokes, like jokes, uh-huh. where the just the joke was they were two gay dudes. Right. They were like, we're just gay, and that's right. the they were not. It wasn't like a complex series of jokes. It was yeah. just like we're gay. That's the bit. Right. Is two gay men are washing a car or whatever. Right. I don't know what their jokes were, right. but like, but like so, but like. But like then, then blackface because I, I kept comparing it to blackface. Nah, you can't. So when so, gays compare, you cannot compare being black to being gay. I hate when they do that. Now discrimination is the thing that they they they, they can relate to us. Oh, I've been discriminated against, but there are a lot of racism in the gay community. You know what I mean? Like if you're a gay white dude, let's say you're gay, you're still gonna benefit from the fact that you're white. You can actually, there's a lot of gay people that have hidden the fact that they were gay and benefited as a heterosexual white person. And then as soon as they get all the money they got to get, then they come out. They go, well, I got my money. No. So no, 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 I'm just is, curious. Listen, a black person is judged whether they're gay or not for their color. Yeah. Because let's say like the fashion community, right? Yeah. Fashion community is the most racist fucking community on the planet. Look at how they treat black models, Asian models. They'll have like one black girl and 900 white models because yeah. and it's and it's white men that run it. Gay white men. Yeah. And gay white men will say, "My my cousin was a model. She would literally tell me what these gay dudes would tell her. Oh, we have a black one already. This is a gay person telling her this. A black one already. Oh, a black model already. We have a black one. We don't These are gay people telling her this. Remember this. And these Holy are the same shit. people that say it's just like being black. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's discrimination no, there, is the similarity. Discrimination is the similarity. Like it's not cool to dis- okay. d- to discriminate against anybody. That's not cool. But when you're white, whites, no matter whether they're gay or not, they have discriminated against people of color, and that is a fact. J. Edgar Hoover was a homosexual. You didn't know that? Well, I, I well, knew. Wait, 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 I, I knew wait. I had heard it, but no, heard it. No, but see, that's that's it's one of those truth. things. That's one of those things that you go, is that folklore or is no, that no, real? It's real. Is the gerbil in the ass a real? You know, it's real, really? Yeah. When when DiCaprio played him, he had a, a lover in the movie. When when um Hoss Hopskin Hoss Hopskin was it Hop, in in JFK? Remember JFK the movie? Yeah. With, um, Kevin Costner. Remember he had the gay service boy. He was messing with. Yeah, it's real. Really. So J Edgar Hoover, if gay. Being gay and being black is the same. J. Edgar Hoover would have spared Martin Luther King's life. He would have spared Malcolm X's life. He would have spared Medgar Evers' life. He would have spared the Black Panther. There would have been an he umbrella would have cared of about black people. Yeah, but he didn't like black folk, and he was gay and white male. So then, so, so racism then, and racism and being gay do not go parallel. So sexism and black and race go parallel because women are judged for what they look like. But even that, white women can still be racist against women of color too. Because so, you still have that white privilege. That what's, what's more? What's more acceptable to you to hear a joke? Is it to hear? I, a, I, no, 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 no. I meant, I meant, I meant like, yeah, uh, okay. like. Let, let's 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 yeah. take it back two yeah. steps. Yeah. If you saw Ted Danson in blackface, that was fucked up. So t- walk well, me through. Goldberg, she was doing. He was doing it with Whoopi Goldberg. I didn't know what the joke. As a was. white guy, I have so dis such a disconnect to it. Like I just go. Well, you should. I don't. Be I, don't I just because you don't know what it's like. Yeah, I'm just like. But I'm like. Should, I don't get you it. Just shouldn't do that shit. Yeah. Just don't fucking do it. Yeah. But here's the problem. Like in 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 Amsterdam, there's a, a, a you know Santa Claus. It's called Santa Claus. He's Santa Claus, and Swartepita. Pita. You know Swartepita Pita is. No. He has black helpers. That's in, this is no. This is Amst- Dutch folklore. Santa Claus and Swartepita. 
even Tony Woods told me about it before I got there and I got there and he has these helpers that go through the chimney and they turn black from the soot and they help him give toys, black Peters. Every year during Christmas, they have a parade where they have a Santa Claus and white people in blackface and they say it's culture. It's culture. When I was working in Walgreens, I worked at Walgreens in Chicago. I worked yeah. in the liquor department. It was Halloween. And this dude walks in in blackface and a dreads. And I said, who are you, man? I, I, I was mad because I was already militant from, from college. Yeah. I said, who are you? He goes, I'm Bob Marley. I said, You're, I said, Bob's not even that dark. Why do you got that shit on your face? I said, Bob Marley is like, he really meant a lot to black people in the freedom. Of, and you're wearing blackface. <laughs> yeah. Bob Marley would beat your ass if he saw you. And the guy goes, I don't give a fuck. And I took a bottle and I was about to throw it and hit him in his motherfucking face. And my and this guy Muhammad, who looked just like Saddam Hussein, he said, Godfrey, don't do it. I said, I'm gonna fuck this dude up if you don't get the fuck out this store with that blackface. Yeah, I, I was gonna Blackface was Blackface was a legit Halloween yeah. costume f- until until nineteen ninety five. There's still people that do it and they think the shit is funny. Now, now now here's an example, like Thunder, what's the Thunder thing when Robert Downey played a black man. That was dope. That wasn't blackface because he looked like a black dude. Okay. That's different. Okay. Blackface so I'm gonna, Al I'm, Jolson. Right now, right now, I wish Jamie, Jamie Kennedy and, and Stu Stone, I wish you were listening to this. I hope you're listening to this. Jamie Kennedy and Stu Stone. Do you know you know Jamie Kennedy, right? I, I know him a little bit. I'm, I'm not super friends with him, but he's I know him. He's a nice he guy. He's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, he's I mean, cool. He was yeah, very cool. And Stu Stone, that. they had a show called Blowing Up. Yeah. And they dressed – it. it I, I think they would agree with this. It derailed their career a tad bit they, for a they, while. They dressed in blackface? Godfrey, I swear to you all my children, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so they do it with Tracy Morgan. They're, see, and they're, and they're, see that? And, they're, and, they, and Jamie's going to dress as a black guy to play a role as a black guy. Right. And he dresses, and Stu's like, you look really good, man. That you, I didn't even know that was you. And did then, he look like a black person? Or, uh, like, or he looked like Daryl Strawberry. Thing? He looked like Daryl Strawberry. But did like, he look... But it's the, prosthetics. It's see, it is. But, but that's different, though. So so wait, hold that's on, hold different. on, hold on. If it's Here's prosthetics where prosthetics, and you're really <laughs> trying to look like. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. By the way, I've oh, talked about this so much, and and I will say it to you on yeah. my children, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Okay, go ahead. So Tracy Morgan tells Jamie and Stu, "You guys want to be rappers? The whole premise is they want to be rappers. Right. You want to be rappers? What you should do is dress." In full prosthetics, as black men, go on stage as black men and right. see if your li- rhymes are legit. Right. So Jamie's like, that sounds like a great idea. Okay. So Stu Stone goes in, and he comes <laughs> out looking like old dirty bastard. It looks, it, all they've got is the left- leftover prosthetics. <laughs> and he looks like a runaway slave. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. But but they go down. But it's the best part is they're driving in their car, and it's just the two of them, two white guys, and they're going, this is a horrible idea. So, it's so funny. But I believe, listen. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but Stu but and listen, Jamie will both say it derailed their career. I'm sure it's funny as hell. Listen. Oh, it's I'm not, so listen, funny. Listen, I'm not saying it's not funny. Yeah. But I'm saying as far as representation, yeah. it's like it's fucked up. It's demeaning. I'm saying. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying it's not funny. Yeah. Separate that. Yeah. As far as. Because they even said it's not a good idea. They even said it like they're oh, saying it out loud. This is a really of they, course. And they're like, we're going to Long Beach. Isn't that where Snoop yeah. grew up? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah, but it's as far as what it represented, demeaning black people. What black people had to go through in the past, they still sell that artwork. You know, there's dolls, pickaninnies oh. that people in in Japan. All the they they have them in their houses. Yeah. They go, well, this is history. I say, well. 
it's almost like you see black people like that. You know what I mean? You see black people in that image because our image of beauty has always been fucking put down. That's why everybody's trying to look white. That's why the, the, the image of beauty has always been, you know, li- the lighter you are, the better you are. The closer to white, the better you are. You know, being dark was like a fucking a curse. It happens in the Indian community. You see Bollywood is all the light skinned fucking Indians. The Latin people try to they try to, you know, bleaching skin is a big deal. So that whole picking anything is such it's like it's like making fun of Jews, man. Like if you bring up the hall, if you say Hitler, motherfucker, that sentence better be right, because they'll be like, nah, we don't like what you said. Look at what Pence but, said today. I, what, or was yeah, it Pence or whatever? Um, or Spicer whatever said, Spicer, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He was trying to make a point, but he fumbled because you, because the Jewish people are so sensitive about Hitler that people fumble and get nervous. But black people should be that same way. That if yeah. you bring up blackface. There should be a point where you're like, you're going to get your ass whooped. Fuck yeah. that. But we need to be like that. But do you, Just do, like no. Jews are very sensitive about that Holocaust, which they have every right to be, the same way with slavery, the same way with picking any shit, the way, same way with cooning, we should be the same fucking way. But the problem is a lot of us let people do that shit around them. No. I'm the type of dude, see, maybe... Maybe um, that's why I don't know. I don't know what people consider me in this business. I just think I'm a funny comic and I mind my business. But you ain't doing that shit around me. Fuck that. There's a couple. There's a couple. You know I mean? There's a, not a couple guys. I don't what? think I know one dude. There's nothing you, wrong with having a little fucking dignity, bro. No, there's, there's nothing n- wrong with that. Can I tell and you it's you, like you get cursed for having some dignity. The fuck people. First yeah. person I saw that get that got cursed for having dignity was Donnell Rollins. Donnell, he 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 he's gonna have dignity, whether he, you like it or not. Man, what I watched him. We were doing the show, uh, Reality Bites Back, and they wanted us to dress in gay leathers. Was, and me, Theo Vaughn, Mo Mandel, Chris Fairbanks, all thrown on gay leathers. We don't give a fuck. We're we're in a weird way in white culture. That is our favorite no, thing no, to do no, is be gay. Love doing gay shit. Grab. We love off, being twi- gay. Twisting nipples. You guys like to twist nipples, <laughs> and you guys like to smack each other in towels with your booty out. And Donnell and Red Grant would not, not do it. That's right. And the, and Donnell's <laughs> like, I'm not about that gay shit, son. He goes. <laughs> He he put on. He goes. I'll put the shit on, but I got my clothes under it. So he had jeans on with like leather pants and a full collar shirt with a fucking leather. And he was like, "I'm not doing that gay shit." And he was very adamant. And I remember them going, "You're sounding homophobic." And he goes, "I'm not homophobic. You're just not going to make me look gay. I'm not wow. going to look gay." And they tried to throw that homophobic. See, yeah. my thing is this: I'm not homophobic either, man. Yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm telling. You, I. I have. Friends. I've known you too long. You're not. I've there's no. Long, there's man. no part of you. Man. We've all partied with so many people. Yeah, man. No one gives hug, a fuck. My gave a hug. What's up? But but if I go, hey man, I don't go that way. That doesn't mean I'm homophobic. You, you, I'm, I'm, I'm wired as a heterosexual. Yeah. Let me be that. Quit throwing the homophobia shit at me. I'm yeah. not homophobic. I respect how you live. I respect you. Yeah. In fact, my neighborhood I live in is mainly gay. In the Hell's Kitchen in New I'm, York. I'm sending an address to someone. Yeah, that's fine. And I those are the and those are actually ago. the better neighborhoods. The gay neighborhoods are yeah. actually better. They got better shit. I'm not homophobic just because I do not want to do the things you do sexually do not try to throw that shit on me i don't do and i will defend if i see somebody that's gay getting fucked with i'll defend them if they're my friend i'll be like yo what the fuck you can't you know what i'm saying yeah but i understand what donnell was saying is he's like i don't i don't feel comfortable dressing that way that's all he was saying but the fact that he said i ain't with that gay shit the way he said it he should have said it a different way like hey man 
I don't feel comfortable dressing like that. Not yeah. saying, you know, you can do you. I don't mind, but that's how he should have said it. But you can't go, yo, I ain't with that gay shit. Matt, that's Shuler, how- Matt Shuler's on his way over, by the way. Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God. Matt Get out of here. on his way over. Damn. Uh, him and Shane Moss are doing a documentary about uh, psychedelics, and uh, I've obviously partied, so. That's We're so gonna... dope. They're coming over. How long? Man, can I tell you what I love what's, about you is that, that you 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 don't have a problem telling your opinion to people. Like it's no, it's I a don't. thing I respect about Joe. It's a thing I respect about Marin. It's a thing I respect about like the guys I look up to. I go You know who you are and you're cool being who you are and you're like fuck it, man. This is my pirate ship. It it's took a, a Corolla. It took, it took a while. Because I was, yeah, you know how you want to be like, you want to satisfy everybody. We, when we were young, you're like, yo. And your, yeah. your manager say, remember? How old are you? Did it? Guess. 47. 47. No. 47? Yes. yes. I said 46. I know you're a little bit older than me, but not much older than me. Right. And like, I said, and I said, I used to be like, hey, man, I wanted, I wanted everybody to accept me. It's normal. Your, your agents tell you. Your managers tell you. Hey, don't do this. Don't rock the boat. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, but. But okay, but isn't that what your parents tell you? Yeah. Be careful, do this. But then when you get a certain old age, you go, I, I think this way, Ma, Dad, just leave me alone. Dude. No different. And now I learned, finally, I learned to fucking, because I was told I was being a fucking idiot and being ridiculous. And I was told I was being, right, Kim, remember? <laughs> I was told I was just, I had my head in my ass. And then finally I was like, you know what? <laughs> uh, by you and uh and and you uh, know and i would get mad at that i would be like yo fuck that shit don't be talking to me i would get mad because yeah. ego shit i was like no you'll fucking tell me that shit she and then she'd be like i'm just telling you you are being a fucking idiot and i'd be like no fuck that shit and we'd had fights fights fight. then you realize oh wait a minute wait a minute it doesn't even matter whether i'm being um obsequious or not hey if i just be myself you know, I pretty much the same shit's happening regardless. So yeah. why don't I be myself? You know, and I was, I'm not, and now I'm better in meetings. I don't, I don't fucking lollygag in meetings. I mean, it's okay to be charming, but it's not like, oh, please give me a job. I'm like, yo, you obsequious in a month. I, I was being that because I thought that was the way to be. But now I'm Man. not, listen, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in a, in a meeting being a dick. There was a time where I was being mad negative. I'm being a but dick. I'm, I'm, listen, but I'm being, I'm balancing it out where I'm just like getting cut. I want to get to where you are. I'm not, I'm in a place where I walk into a meeting and I, I want to smash. I go, I don't need your money. <laughs> My manager's like, what the fuck are you doing? We need their money. Sometimes I want to come into a meeting and smash somebody over the head with a chair because I go, you really, really are questioning what the fuck I can do. You was, you, last night you saw me on stage. You just saw me and you and just because it's morning time and we're in your office, you don't know what the fuck I can do. I'd be wanting to fucking strangle somebody, man. But I'm like, now I get to the point I go, hey man, I just want to know why are you why did you call me in? I, I wanna I wanna contribute. I but you know my style. What can I do? Are you gonna you gonna give you, me a show? You gonna give me money to do a show? What do you wanna do? I you know That's the I, the, 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 the million dollar question. I wanna do what the fuck I wanna do. And be successful at it. I want to create my own shit with people who believe in me and back it up with some money. So That's my buddy, it. my buddy Dan Adler listens to every single one of these podcasts. He's a big producer, but it's it's single. Hey Dan, not, what's up? Single camera, single camera, hosted That's reality, hosted shit. reality. I don't give a fuck. Like, but no, but what would you want to do in that? In that, what would like, I want to do? Because you, I'd love to. I would do some like cult because I'm you know I'm a culture man. 
Yeah. I would love to do, I like to keep it real. I would love to do some shit where I'm in the, like, I love New York so much. Yeah. I would love to go to different places, like, to go to different places and to really ask the questions and with a with a comedic edge, with a yeah. real comedic edge, not some fucking pansy shit. Yeah. You know, I, I really do want to get inside of a, of a, of a Nazi, a Nazi dude, a one-on-one with a Nazi dude and ask him, Yo, you're what? too smart for that, man. What? Only that you'd run laps around that dude. Like I'm like like but there's the, but, you, the problem with you, Godfrey, is that you are you are too fucking smart. What? You're too. But if like, I were white, would I be too smart? Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. You know what they're called? What? Really? That's Todd Berry. I can't have Todd Berry like like it's Rogan. Rogan like when I watch Rogan do when he did uh, Joe Rogan questions everything. Yeah. I watched his eyes wander and go like. I'd watch the guy answer, and I go, "Rogan's already on to the next question. He's got like 19 more questions. This guy's already—I've already answered this guy's questions, dude. You're like Rogan, man. Like there, there is, there is, there are guys like you that I go. I don't know why, why you just don't do a single podcast like Burr, where it's just you ranting every day. I might have to do that. You no, I'm, not not might have to. You have to, it. man, because I'm telling you, so, I say so, this. What, I'm a smart oh, right. dude. I'm a okay, smart give dude. Me a question. You know, here's something. Here's Shoot. something because you obviously. You you're back at me. You obviously speak well of me. Uh, Always, my does. entire my entire Okay, career. now I'm not going to front, but I approach some people who have their podcast companies, and I said, "Man, I'm thinking about blah blah blah." They were a little bit like, mm, like kind of blew me off, man. Don't, I want to tell you, I'm not going to tell you on the podcast. Kind of blew me off, and I was a little disappointed because okay. I go, "I've known you for a long fucking time, bro, and you're in a position where I've seen you accepting certain people. What about me? I have my own voice." Listen, I got some people that are looking out for me, but I'm like, I was very disappointed because I was like, let me go and see what they would say if I was thinking about doing it. Kind of like, I was like, is it an intimidation? I'm like, I'm not trying to take over your shit. I just want a fucking medium where I can just somebody to support me so I can do my thing and build my own shit. The truth is, uh, when I got into this, I I think think I'm like a little bit of an OG in the podcasting game. Yeah. It was back in the day where you had to call a couple people to figure out how to do a podcast. Right. I would not, I would personally never do a podcast with anyone. I talked to someone the other day. Once again, we won't say names. Yeah. They were, he was like, I'm waiting for my plot, my podcast deal to clear so that I can start it. And I went, what? you start it tomorrow. All I have, this podcast is this, it's this, this thing costs like 300 bucks. Yeah. These, I, they're nice mics, not really nice, I but got like two mics, I d- got mics, a hundred dollar mics. Yeah. We got these XLR cables and an SD card. That's it. That's it. And so, and I'm not saying like I don't know who you're talking about. I'm sure I know them. I'm sure I'm friends with them. Yeah. Fuck them. You start your own podcast. Just start it. Come out. Do my come out whenever you're in LA. Whenever you're, I can do yours again. Do, always, always, yeah. dude. I can talk to you for hours. Dude, come good. do a podcast with me. Do a podcast with everyone. I tr- every do everyone I do Scalar Todd Bro- glasses. Listen, I did Scalar Bro is one of the biggest podcasts in I the country. Scalar Brothers, yeah. They, they, in Jason and Randy, I've known him for a long time, dude. Boom, I did that. You were Wait, on Three uh, H, Three H. What was the name of their TV show? Three yeah, M Apartment Two F. Two F with with, with Galifianakis. Fuck yeah, I remember Gal- that. Fuck man, you remember? You got a great. I got memory. dude. I told you I came into this as a fan. Your memory. I'm is, a fan more yeah. than anything. So that's look, I, I love you. I love you as a brother, as a right. comic, as yeah. like a the things we've been through yeah. in this business. Long time. More than anything, man, you make me laugh. That's the only reason hey, you're here, man. That's the only reason Chad's you're here. You're funny. Well, Chad is one of my good friends. Yeah. And Chad was. You guys were talking and said, "Hey, how come?" Godfrey's not at the and, – and they said – somebody called me and said, you know, Greg Fitzsimmons did an episode of Why Godfrey Isn't Famous. 
He said, here's something that, fu-, and you know, Greg is a sarcastic, He's real, a motherfucker. real motherfucker. And he goes, here's something that fucking boggles me. How the fuck this guy isn't bigger than, but, and, and, and here's another thing. I, I fought myself by making bad moves, bad moves. I, no, 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 listen. I fought myself too. There's for making some bad moves with stupid representation, doing dumb shit. I got that. I'm out of that though now. Yeah. And, and you know what? The thing about our game is the older you get, the better you get at this shit. You got to make sure your business shit gets better, though. Start, but the older you get, the you better you get. Nobody's 20 years old and becoming a phenomenal comic. That's what we, we don't have to worry about. Dan Adler is going to call me. Uh, I'm going to release this tonight. I'm going to post this in a little in a Tell few Dan minutes. I want to do some. Dan Adler. Does he know who I am? Maybe he, not. Wait, no, now he does. But he, Let me tell you something. He texts me after every one of these podcasts, and he goes, I like that guy. What's the deal? Uh, What? Tell him to come on in. No, come, come tell him to come on in. Is Matt if with him? She, Who's here? No, it's not. Shane. Yeah. 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 Tell Shane to come back. Um, uh, Dan is going to listen to this and he's going to go, what's his deal? And I'll I, I text him. I'm pretty honest with him. I've known him a long time as the guy that introduced me to Travel Channel. He is he is a, a great dude, and he's got and he's got the eye like you always go like what does a producer do? And here's a handful thing. of dudes here's that is like yeah, not a lot of African American dudes are like have a really cool like they're hosting their own shows. You know, there's ne- they never pick and I and I know I can- they don't because the second they do, everyone goes so. What's the deal with this show? Like you're right, you're right about this, man. It's, it's, like, I'm, it's, look, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll be the backer of where racism comes from to the yeah, day I die. Because it? it's it's these yeah. fucking people. It, no, it's just it's just seeing a black face and going going. So where are they taking these people? Like, why? What is this? Isn't regular? This is different. It's 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 white people's. Just it's the fucking you know. Chris Rock said it best. He goes, you know, did he, say he it goes, best? he did say it okay, best when ahead. he said. Uh, Laura Michael isn't racist, uh, and and neither is Adam Sandler. But I will tell you that I know for a fact that Adam Sandler and Laura Michael had a dialogue that I did not know how to have when I was in that room. Like they had an, a shorthand that was between the two of them as two white people that I didn't, know, I wasn't a part of. What? And it's just like that they knew how to talk as two white guys because Adam Sandler had a dad that looked like him, and that he had a son that looked like him, or whatever it was. And it was like really mind blowing. I went, it's that shorthand. It's the shorthand what of like, <laughs> really? Yeah, like it was the shorthand of like. Of like, of like, two black guys. When you guys see each other in the mall and you pass by and you head nod, head nod. you go, yeah, you know that's where a that shorthand. Com- you know where that com- that that comes from. You go, what's up? Because you go, white folks. Yep. You go because you, what's really sad. This is when you know <laughs> when people. I like when people say things are changing. I go, how come every time I go around the world, I get the same report from a black person? <laughs> you know how white folks are. You know how they are. Yeah. From all over the world, yeah. obviously nothing's fucking changing. If every no. black person you see is going, you know, yeah, we all have the same stories of racism, no matter whether it's subtle or whatever. Even in Europe, where they say it doesn't happen, that's where it fucking started. That's the headquarters. Dude, of they throw hatred. bananas at black players. On I the fucking, know. That fucking blows me away. Yeah, but I'm not surprised. You're going to throw. This is what I'm saying. Most racist people are punks anyway. They're bitch made people anyway. Yeah. You're going to throw a banana. You're one. There's one black player and twenty thousand people. Really. You, it takes that many people to fight one. Why don't you go, one person, go up to that fucking supreme athlete and give him the banana yourself and see what happens? 
Yeah. Give him the banana. I, I'm saying let's make racism fun, Bert. <laughs> I guarantee you if that's what, your show that's your show if, if, let's make, make racism, racism fun, fun. <laughs> let's if make more, racism fun if more racist would one-on-one challenge people I guarantee you racism would change on a heartbeat if, if they do it in groups where it's unfair I say man hey man like if people go I want a race war okay then what you do is you get 10 of your friends I'll get 10 of my fucking angry ass black friends and then we fight it out and I guarantee you, this shit would change. I tell you Everybody what. Everybody be you like, what. you know what? Racism isn't worth it, man. You're right. I said, let us beat each other up fairly. And have a, and you know what? And you know yeah. what? And this would never happen. Yeah. But this is my idealistic right. brain. Yeah. Have a beer afterwards. Let's all let's all let's all have a fist fight and then go have to a, a bar and then and then and then go to a bar like they used to in the fifties and go. Man, that was fucked up. Holy shit, that was lopsided. I don't know about the 50s. Or no, so. maybe the Because now yeah, he still hated in the fit. No, 30. Why are you going back, dude? No, I'm looking at Rumblefish. Do you remember the old days? Where like, <laughs> it's a rumble. No chains, no steals, no no knives. You know, it's like sports what? where they kept us out of it, but then we beat them so badly when they, they went one-on-one with us, they oh. had to let us in. Same shit. Same That's still one of the things that I go. Dude, we just got deep. Go ahead. No, the, 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 it's the truth, though, that yeah. it's so funny that white people didn't let black people into sports for so long. And then we st- and and you couldn't even be better than us at it. You had a fucking 60-year jump. I wish it was back there a little bit, a little bit just so I could compete. I can't compete at all. I mean, it's so bad. I can like what it's happened like, to the like, days when like, I had a jumper? It's like it's like it's like it's like I used to be s- able to go to the hole. <laughs> I know you can't do that anymore. I dude, I remember I remember the day the day I was told I was white was this dude named Brucey. Right. Brucey knows me. Uh-huh. He listens to this podcast. Yeah. He just tweeted mm. that he goes he goes, uh, apparently you're talking about my swing. Because he had a beautiful swing. He went to University Baseball? of Miami. Yeah. He yeah. went to University of Miami. I played against him in high school. Yeah. He was the one guy that you will say, I don't, I don't, there's not a racist alive that could ever say anything negative about this guy's swing. That guy's swing was so beautiful. Like almost like strawberries? Better than Daryl Strawberries? I would argue better. Better than Daryl Strawberries? Brucey, <laughs> can everyone hit up Brucey? I know he listens to this. Better than Robinson I'm, Cano? This swing was mm. so gorgeous from his hip pocket to his to his collar. Wow. Just so beautiful. Oof. But Brucey and I played basketball against each other. We went to I think we went to St. Joseph's. Right. And uh I and it was the time I realized I mean Eric Nupple's dad said, uh it's cause you're white. Just don't worry about it. It's because you're white. It's like you're never gonna be able to play against this kid. Wow. He stuffed me maybe 15 times like he was so much better at sports than i was that i was like and i was really good at sports but i was like there's a fucking difference there's a legit difference here (laughs) priscilla starts looking in but (laughs) but like this this guy brucey he just tweeted me on twitter and he's like i heard you were talking about my swing it was that good that i've talked about it numerous times on this podcast his swing was so beautiful yeah you think it's because he was black but he's just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, well, no. I, no, 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 no. I will tell you. I will tell really you. nice swings. But Cameron Lazara. Cameron Lazara. If it's because he's black, I'll go yes. Because I Lazera, always want to be on top of I Cameron always want to be superior. Cameron Lazara had a beautiful swing. <laughs> but let me tell you Mark something. Mark Grace did too. I, I have to. I have to. 
I have to give this a genetic advantage to Brucey and going no. because you were black, you were just so there was something really beautiful about it. Like the way like it's like the way you saw Michael Jackson dance and you were like, White guys don't dance like that. No, they don't. Because and, and there's no, something no, but there is a we listen, we're rhythmic people. We started rhythm. We created music. We created rock and roll. Yeah. We created every kind of cool ass American fucking and then, you know, it, 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 most of the people that white artists learn from are poor as fuck and they're like, wealthy as shit. How about this? We how about created, this? But we created it. Take a look. Take a look. I'll take two two similar examples. Yes. Ready? You think people? Pete Rose versus Rod Carew. Ooh, Rod Carew. But Pete Rose hit the most hits. It does not. Rod Carew had a sweeter swing. Right? Yeah. And way you better. Have, you have to say that. Rod Carew. Say, but not, that is genetic. What? That comes. Supposed- that comes from the people. That but, is well, well, that Rod Carew but we're, stance listen, and swing was so but listen, pretty. But we're really we're cooler people though, right? And you look we're at people and, and I know roughed and, and rough with a hard helmet tight, like a but black uh, talking. But black people are we're cooler. Let's think. Come on, we just are. Yeah, and I know you're white. People listening are getting mad. No, the, no one's the, getting mad. I, I, everyone's, I, I just, everyone, I'm talking shit. Yeah, no, they're, I don't really they're, care. Dude, they love. This is the kind of conversation. That my fans love. It's but just but most dudes. white dudes are cool because they learn from black people. Yeah. Most of the times you hear, like you go, why do I love Mick Jagger? Well, Mick Jagger, his whole career is based off of black music. Yeah. Why do I like Led Zeppelin? Robert Plant's whole career is based off of black music. The Who, it's all, I've seen all the documentaries. The Bee Gees didn't make it until they started singing like Led black Zeppelin people. stole uh, they, specifically yeah. from black artists. Uh, specifically. No, no, no. Every... White artists has yeah. stolen from black people. Yeah, Elvis Presley. I actually like Elvis, but why? Because he was doing black shit. But I, Elvis was talented. Okay. but he was talented so off of black stop. shit. So then, why isn't Africa better than America? <laughs> because they ruined. They've sucked all the fucking shit out of Africa. They t- they take all the resources, the diamonds, the oil. They no, steal but like everything. Culturally, why no, is no, it no. like colonized? They've been colonized by the French, the Portuguese, the Dutch, the German. They come in and take over and ruin the whole shit and leave. Really? No, that's why Africa's fucked up. Yeah. European um, colonization. Really? Yeah. <laughs> European colonization. But then the African leadership is horrific. Um, that's the truth. But, 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 yeah, but still, they still own all, like, resources. Still, hold on. So, re- repeat... Hold on, no one can hear you. I wanna. I just want to make sure. Yeah. So, so you're saying is that uh, all these colonizations have pulled out, but they still own the resources. Yes. What? Yeah. Hold on one second. Give her a mic. Here, I want to hear it. what you're saying. Yeah, I was gonna say it. Here, hold on. I've, uh, Bird Kreischer, hang on. Be quiet for a second, so I can find this. Okay, you were saying. I was just saying that the resources from Africa are the majority of the world's wealth. Really? Yeah. Those are the resources. That is the continent with all the rich resources. Where are all the animals? You know all the animals? And let's get simple. Animals in zoos, all of them come from Africa, most of them. Well, yeah, but that, I'm, I'm just saying do, animal that's, jails. That's like for a sense of novelty. I mean, there are a bunch no, of but animals I'm just all saying, over the planet. Africa but gives us as far as like the, the resources that people actually make money on. The that, mic just to make sure I oh, get it. That create the world's wealth. That's what comes from Africa. 
And all those European powers and basically white people still own all those resources, even if they pulled out governmentally. So these countries are struggling because they're poor, not because they aren't sitting on top of their resources, but because they don't own them. They don't have access to them. Really? Yeah. yeah so I've been to South Africa. I've been to Tanzania. Well, South Africa. Oh, come on, South Africa. Africa. Come on. You know what happened over there. South Africa is a little bit of a shit show. It's still, and it's, it's still a lot entitlement of a shit there. show. Yeah, yeah. and there, it's entitlement. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the Afrikaans, the, I call them the Dutch people, because I think it's weird that Afri- we're the only people where another race calls themselves African. Now, if I call myself Chinese, would you believe me? No. You know, I lived in China since the 1600s. I'm Chinese. Would you go, no, you're black. You just happen to be in China. I would, but I'm American. But how do white people call themselves <laughs> African and, they, and it sticks? No, the uh, whites, South Africans go, I'm South African. I go, you don't look it. Yeah. You're, how are you you're African? Dutch, you're Dutch. You're Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. But the fact that we are, you can take their name, take African and call yourself African is so gangster to me. Yeah. I mean, I if I call myself way. Chinese, you'd be like, if, what if I call myself Irish? I'm Irish. I'm probably I, I, not Irish. I've been in Ireland. You're definitely no, black Irish. That. No, no. <laughs> I've been in Ireland for fucking 60, 60. I'm, I'm Irish. Fuck that. That's what they basically did. I live in Africa, so I'm African. But but there are Chinese people that live in this country that you go, where are you from? And they go, I'm American. And you're like, well, no, I meant like... You're Asian. What, where there was a comic I just saw do that. I, I, I don't know who did this. And I'm sure this is a racist joke. But I did see a comic go, no, where... Uh, it was what? a black comic. He goes, no, bitch, where is this shit from? Like... <laughs> Where's this shit from? That's funny. And I was like, <laughs> I, I forget. I wish I could credit the, the guy. never get the respect they deserve. Even if they yeah. don't have an accent, do you still go, no, but you're Chinese? I go, no, I'm American. It's weird. Yeah. But if you're white, a white person can say, yo, I am Malaysian. And, and you'll like, agree. Because like, that's that privilege, man. Yeah. You can take somebody's nationality and, and call right. yourself that. Damn. Let's, 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 let's do this. Okay. You need a podcast, and that's a, that's silly. Okay, listen, I'll, 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 I'm going to text you all. I did this to my. So you're going to help me out. My two buddies uh, are the kitchen cousins. Um, kitchen cousins from HGTV DIY. Okay, and I just said very easily. The kitchen cousins are your buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, Damn dude, they are fuck massive. Uh, I'll send them to go see you next time. They're what? in New York. They're fucking the greatest guys in the world. They are massive. Greatest guys. I see them everywhere. They're on Ellen all the time. Those and, are your, yeah. I told him I go. You need to start a podcast. I've done that to everyone at Scripps. All all my brothers at Scripps, the the property brothers, the kitchen cousins, Josh Temple, everyone at dude. I've Bobby Flay. Everyone. I've talked to all these guys. Going. You need to start a podcast now. I will say this. Please hit these motherfuckers up. None of them have started a podcast. Most of which is offensive is Bobby Flay, probably the coolest fucking guy I've ever been around in my life. It is a misstep, Bobby. I promise you that. I will tell you, Bobby, I know that, <laughs> dear Bobby, I am making more on my podcast than I made of scripts. And you know how much I make. We've talked about this. So just fucking do a goddamn podcast. Now, I will say this. It's yes. very simple. Yes. It's this recorder, these two cords, and this mic. You'll only need one mic and one cord. Because I don't think... You need to talk to other people. I would like to hear you <laughs> once a week. I mean, seriously, you got that Bill Burr thing where you, you're just smart. It's like Joe. Like you just you could rant. You and you don't need another person. You know, yeah, you're right? And it's easier to do that way. Personally, if I could start it over, I'd just do a single podcast. Problematically, I like this. I like this conversation. Yeah. You know, I like I like 
I like opening my mind to shit. I'm yeah. not smart. I'm not a smart dude. I'm okay smart, but I'm not like I'm okay super smart. In, I'm, no, you're different. Though. Please, come on. I don't. I'm not good at math. That's the one thing. I you agree. read. I read. I read sometimes, but not like what to hurt. I don't shit. read instructions to putting a chair together. Me neither, bro. <laughs> I don't put. A, I couldn't put a model car together with the those glue. Two, Fuck those, that. Those, I'll just look at the box and go, man. I'm gonna try to make it look like that. <laughs> I did those two Adirondacks in the front yard. I was like. I'll figure this out. <laughs> Fuck them both up. One, one hurts your neck, the other hurts your lower back. Dude, Ikea doesn't help that situation. <gasps> the cartoon oh, drawings? Fuck oh, that. Remember that time you got mad at me over the desk? Oh, I got pissed up. That's right. I, I joke, by the way, I have said this. The joke used to have about uh, dating. I go, I don't know why people go on dates, go to movies, go dancing, and then have sex. Go to Ikea, buy a table together, see if you can put it together. That's how you know if you belong together. Um, For real. That was a uh, never. But, but, the, but the origination of the joke was buy a dog, take it out of the woods, and kill it together. If you can drive home, happy. I like your idea. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, Sorry. This has been a solid two and a half hour podcast. This was unbelievable. You didn't play the whole thing? So? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Did we skip like, anything? You said what's be about being black in America, African, nothing, right? It was that we got went over that. I think we got it all. We got it all, right? If we don't have it all, we'll come, when come when back. Back. When you back? When you back? I'm going to come back next month. Trying to come back like once a month. Come back. If I, I'll if, tell you right now. Depending on the schedule. I know, I know my fans. I know the the podcast. I know how they work. Yeah. I get them a little bit. I try to I try to figure out their ebbs and flows. They're fans the way I am. So like the guy in the kitchen right now, Shane Moss. Yeah. I've had Shane on three times. First numbers that I had him on were like, okay, really great podcast. Yeah. Second one's twice as big. Third one's three times as big. Damn. If you have people on repeatedly, then the fans kick in and go oh I know this fucking guy yeah. yeah and so so I try to do that there's like people that my fans automatically know like Tom Skura Arch Fear Joey Diaz of course. guys well, they, that, they come off with a big joint you just named everybody Joe Rogan's has blown up those are all yeah. Joe Rogan's crew. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's Segura, all, it's a, Shafir. It's a small group of guys that yeah, are Yeah, but their shit is big as fuck because Joe hooked them up. You know, I've never done Joe's podcast before. He'd be great with Joe. I, I, Joe's, 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 uh, Joe's podcast is super fun to do. I always say this. I always say this out loud to everybody. The best way to do it is just don't say anything to Joe. Just when you bump in, it would be cool. And then one day you guys get a new conversation like that you guys. I made on. a mistake and said something to him like, "Hey, I'd love to do your podcast." When I just said it, he's he's just and he, he just, just looks at me like, "What?" Like, get away from me. No, he's not like that. But he but he definitely is like a he's a guy that he just wants to know that he'll be able to talk to you for three hours. He doesn't do anything low, lower than three hours. That's not a problem. And so he just wants to. I, I, by, by the way, I never speak for Joe. I don't know Joe's insights on his right. podcast, why he does it or why he doesn't yeah. do it. I don't. I really don't. I love his podcast. Yeah. But I will say that like. In a weird way, he just wants to know that, like he, like, like. So I saw one guy. I won't say his name. He was like hounding, trying to get on Joe's podcast left and right. Everyone, like, and I was like, I told him, I go, don't say anything, just hang out, man. Yeah. One day he'll say, why don't you come on the podcast? And you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. He was on his podcast and he murdered it. And Joe had him on a second time. And it's just Joe's one of those guys that he's just, you know, he's unique the way all of us are unique. And he just wants to. He just wants to know that you and him are friends, and you're not using him oh, to promote something. You know, I would never do that. I, he's not that guy. He's in this business because oh. he loves interesting people. Man, I'm gonna eat one of your oranges off your tree, dude. You got a fucking orange tree. You, uh, dude, where are you staying? I'm staying at the list. So we're staying in Hollywood. Okay, a hotel. At a house, a hotel. Why? I'll give you some chicken eggs. Can I have some? 
If you want some? I want some chicken neck because we got a stove. We got a stove top. I want some chicken neck. That's real organic. We're eating real chicken necks. <laughs> I, I, I went over to your chickens. They were like, it was hilarious because they looked at me like, we're good. We're good. They were like, who's this dude? Those chicken eggs are ridiculous. What? Are they orange? The the so, and sometimes they come out with double yolks. Can we can we get Yeah yeah I'll see I'll t- I'll check with the exit. I think if you refrigerate them you have to keep them refrigerated. We got refrigerated. No, but it, are you going back to your hotel right now? Well, if we have to, we gotta put them back. Yeah. All right, we'll get you some eggs. All I right, some chicken eggs. Bro. Hey, what, what dates you have, you have to promote? Anything? Oh, when are you when are you releasing this? Tonight, right? Denver now. Improv next week. Oh the, shit! Yeah, baby. <laughs> The twentieth through the twentieth through the twenty fourth, Denver Improv. Hold up, let me uh, let me uh, look at my other stuff, man. Because you know this, because man, I'm proud of you, though, Bert. I'm glad that your podcast is doing really well. No, man. Chad Zumak, who is one of my good friends, he's a real friend. He's a good dude. He was like, "Yo, Bert, shit." I go, "But I've known Bert a long time, man. Very long. People don't realize, you know, when G- um, Zach Galifianakis saw me in the street, right? This is now Zach is a superstar, and Zach big movie star. Zach comes up to me and goes, "Godfrey," and I give him a hug. All the comics that like were, were young, they were like, "How the fuck do you know Zach Galifianakis?" Yeah. I go, "You guys don't understand. It's just close. We man. all were rolling with each other. Everybody was around each other, from Sarah Silverman to Mark Marin to we were all around each other, like legitimately around each other. We were all poor people together. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, some cats get to certain levels. Sometimes you're Zach and sometimes you're Bert. <laughs> and then sometimes you're me. Which I'm in between. I'm in between, man. You got, I'm like, you oh, got a, you I just need that thing. But see, it's guys like you. Listen, in this business, um, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Back in the day, the Johnny Carson, all those guys, they all like kind of looked out for each other. Yeah. You got to do this business. You can't win by yourself. And there's a lot of people I know that get to a certain position and don't want you to win with them. They, they're like, nah, I don't know this motherfucker. I'm going to remember that shit. Just like I said for Tony Woods and certain people that Dude, old Tony, Tony Woods, Woods a bunch of shit. Yo, let me, let me tell you what. Oh, what dates do we have coming up? I got the Denver Improv. All right. The 20th next week. That's from. Thursday to Sunday. That's like the 20th through the 24th. Yeah. 25th, Denver Improv. And then after that, I'm, dude, you know what's so fucked up? Is I'm trying to look for my, um, my skip. Okay, here we go. Watch this. Denver Improv, right? And we got, uh, oh, guess what? Gotham Comedy Club. That's May. That's May 5th through the 7th. And I, I was going to do Pittsburgh Improv, but they're going to change my date. It was supposed to be in April, but they're changing my date. But the San Jose Improv, which yeah. is an awesome improv, that's uh, May 18th through the 21st. Man. Man. Well, I think Matt Shooter's coming out. You know what I'm saying? So Denver Improv, coming up. Awesome, right? man. Denver well, Improv, next week. When you come back to LA, I'd love to have you back on the podcast. No, I'm coming back. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let me have repeat, because that's Whenever you want. Build. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Dude, it's an open invite. We have numbers. Well, just just text me and let me know. I will text you. Fuck yeah! I'm like, yo, Bert, I'm here. What's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? My Instagram is comedian Godfrey. My Twitter is Godfrey comedian. Oh my <laughs> website because I fucked up. That's why. That's all. I'm not trying to be cool. I want everything to be uniform. And my website is GodfreyComedian.com. Godfrey. Godfrey. 
God for this is Shane Moss. Is, is Shane Moss. Oh, yeah. What's happening? That's Kimberly. That's so nice. What's up, Shane? Come on in. Where's Matt Schuler at? Matt Schuler out here? Shula, come on in. They're tall guys. I know right. that's right. Shula! We are wrapping this up right now. Wrapping we are starting, we are starting uh, Shane Moss's documentary. This is the guy who produced my damn hour yeah, special. Hey! Shane on drugs. There's Kimberly. Hi. Shane on drugs. Matt Shula. Matt Shula's Patriots here. Bad. Oh, I'm glad you're not wearing a Brady jersey. Oh, Lord. I couldn't do it. I'd get beat up. <laughs> All right. Godfrey, you know I love you, man. I Thank you too, so man. much. Thank you for it. having me, dude. This was fucking awesome. Chad Zumach. Thanks for suggesting that that I come on your show. Oh fuck yeah! Thank, but I earned this shit. I'm your friend for life, buddy. <laughs> you liked me when I was and poor and and I, still poor. Yeah, and I'm I and, and, and I met your dogs and your chickens. I'm getting about to get some fucking. I've just ate orange off your tree. And I'm about to get some eggs. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Boom. See if my wife's got any eggs left. She's 46. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh, I should not let you go with that bullshit ass joke. But go ahead. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.